welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 87. It is bright and early Sunday morning, coming off four hours of sleep. <laughs> I'm back with my co-host, the Antakul. What's going on, man? Hi. <laughs> this is gonna be one of those shows. Yeah, I forgot I was doing this prison. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um... I am very, very tired. <laughs> I'm gonna try. We're gonna try to stay alive this this episode. Um, yeah, these these cards don't 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 like to make life easy or fun at all. Um. At this point, we complain so much. It, it just it feels like we're torturing ourselves on purpose. Probably. I mean, the sport is it's literally a drug. The sport is a drug, and we come back pretty much no matter what they do to us. So. It's, it, oh God, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very abusive relationship that I think we've all just kind of accepted, uh, for for better or worse. <laughs> Uh, I guess real quick before we get started, as always, I gotta get the plugs in. Um, this podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Um, you can also listen to us on Google Play. You can hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Questions can be sent to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And yeah, so oh, real quick. Shout out to the top cities. Uh, we got a, a new a new entry uh, coming in at number five, uh, but starting in at number one, uh, I'm about to butcher this completely. Uh, Kittening, Pennsylvania. Not sure how that's pronounced, but shout out to y'all. Kittening, Pennsylvania, coming in at number one. Uh, Philly coming in at number two. Centerville, Maryland, coming in at number three. Waterford, Michigan, coming in at number four. And number five, Beulah, North Dakota. So, shout out to Beulah, North Dakota. <laughs> it's always weird hearing who's actually, where these people are actually listening to the podcast from because I'm like, how did you hear about us? Right. <laughs> if you're listening to this from Beulah, North Dakota, yeah, I need you to comment or send an email or something. I need I need to know where these where, where where you guys are coming from. Like, how did you? What link did you click on accident? <laughs> you just stumbled. You just stumbled it, over here somehow. It's actually really funny that North Dakota comes up because I was uh I was my job yesterday at the library and I was I I was pretty much tired like I am right now. And I decided not to do my actual job, which was to put books away. Instead, to take a history, like not a history, a geometry, uh, geography, a geography quiz online. And what came up was Bismarck, 
which is the capital of North Dakota. And I spent like 10 minutes going on through Google Maps, going up and down the streets. I'm like, there's no way anybody lives here. <laughs> well, like, let's just say there's no way this is the capital of a, uh, like a state. Because, like, where I live looks more like a city. Oh, man. Some somebody out in Bueller. Well, this Bueller, they don't care about Bismarck. Yeah, it's like I don't care about Trenton. I live in Jersey. <laughs> it's funny because Bueller came in at five, and then all the way at number twelve is Jamestown, North Dakota, wherever that is. Damn. So um, shout out to Jamestown, North Dakota. It's all the Brock Lesnar talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we still we still lost Egypt though. Egypt's uh. They never. They literally never came back. Egypt is out of here. I, I think they're mad at me. Yeah, I think. Which is which is fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. We'll mm. we'll we'll when you guys back, maybe at some point we'll stop making fun of you. So wh- before before we get into whatever it is we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> again, I am so tired. Yeah. I remember one thing vividly from last night that made me very upset. It had nothing to do with the UFC. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't know shit about being a lawyer. I was on mock trial in high school. That's like basically it. That's everything I know about the law in, in, in a courtroom. But if you are a lawyer and you are advertising your business, you are advertising your services... And and you were doing this by filming a commercial. Maybe you go on like a you you go on YouTube, and you look up a really famous blog like vlog. So you can learn how to set up your fucking camera. <laughs> because during the UFC last night, there was a there was a lawyer who I'm not sure if you saw this down in Maryland, but there was a lawyer. Um, I can't for the life of me remember her name. She wasn't mic'd. She was like so small in the frame that like I could see her ceiling. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not how you shoot. Like there are, in film study, there is a method and a like, Shot composition is a thing for a reason. Who thought this was a good idea? Why is your camera looking like it was from 1995? <laughs> There's no intern. Like, she literally just sat there in the office and did it herself. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta cut costs. Like... I feel like that's the... Well, you know what? I can't say that. Because we, we it's have a some... medium shot! <laughs> <laughs> We have some terrible local, like, commercials here, but ours isn't so much camera angles as it is, like, it's just these, these songs that I'm like, who, who's writing these? Like, the... Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you guys got, uh, what was it, Big Bill Hell's Cars commercials down there? Like, do they still air in Maryland? I don't know if we had Big Bill's, but we had, um, ah, God... Ah, what was it? Um, Jesus Christ. Um, 
this one. I want to know if you've ever seen it. Because <laughs> another podcast I listened to with the guys from Maryland, um, he, he talked about how like he used to see this shit every year at Christmas. Alright, you guys are about to hear this live because I'm just gonna play it. God, we had the one commercial with um with Pops from Friday. It was ah oh God, what was the name of that car commercial? I used to, I hated it. I despised that commercial. If you're dumb enough to buy a new car this weekend, you're a big enough smoke to come to Big Bill Hell's car. Bad deal. Cars that break down. Thieves. If you think you're going to find a bargain at Big Bill, you can kiss my ass. It's our belief that you're such a stupid motherfucker. You'll fall for this bullshit. Guaranteed. If you find a better deal, shove it up your ugly ass. You heard us right. Shove it oh up your God. ugly ass. Bring your tray. Bring your tires. Bring great. your wife. We'll fuck her. That's right. We'll fuck your wife. Because it's Big Bill Hell. You're fucked six ways from Sunday. Take a hike to Big Bill Hell. This Home is a challenge pissing. That's right Oh man, yeah. Point point being, man. Um, I don't know what it is about local commercials. Um, you guys need to hire some interns. Um, it's weird how like even when they shoot local commercials in 2018, the camera still looks like it's from '86. Dude, like like, like they dude, never upgraded the camera or you can literally shoot it on your iPhone and it'd look better. Right. <laughs> like I've seen movies shot on iPhones before. Oh, man. And they look amazing. I think Paul Wall shot one of his... I can't remember which song. One of his videos was completely captured by an iPhone. And it did look, like, really crisp. So, yeah, you guys... If you're a lawyer and you got an iPhone, don't don't grab that camera uh, from, like, 1920. It's not... It's not a good look, man. You, you, you see... The... Uh, government offices do it, too. And I know this because I see the one for my boss... I'm the county executive on TV all the time. And I'm like, come on, man. Because <laughs> I've done, like, stuff, I've done audiovisual stuff with him. Like, I, I, for one of the projects I'm in charge of for our division, like, I had to go and, like, you know, record stuff from I know he has an iPhone. Like, I, I know he has a microphone. I, I don't know why they continue to use the, like, over the shoulder. 1989 cassette video thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some secret charm to it. Like, it's so bad that it draws attention that, like, you're forced to pay attention to it and you're going to know what it is because it's that bad. Maybe all these lawyers and, like, politicians are just angling at, like, the 60 year, year olds and they're trying to hone in on that, like, little bit of nostalgia. I mean. <laughs> It might be working. It it might be. I don't know. They either they, know something we don't, or they're just not so yeah. bright people. Yeah. But that was our ten minute rant on commercials. <laughs> um, I guess uh, for fight news because we had a lot to cover last week. Um, really, a lot is an understatement. We didn't get a chance to get to everything, so 
I'm going to run down the list of what I have as far as announcements, um, and I'll let you run down yours, um, and then we'll be able to touch on some of the things we didn't really get to go into detail too much last week because we had to cover like 80,000 fights that happened in the course of three days. Um, so my list, which isn't too, too long, um, uh, Dennis Bermudez versus Rick Glenn for UFC Boise, Betch Cohea and Irene Aldonada for UFC 227. Um, Olivier Oban Mercier and Alexander Hernandez uh, for UFC Fox, uh, UFC on Fox 30. Um, Frank Mears Bellator career came and went. Um, <laughs> he, he's looking to debut in ACB at sometime in August. Um, I have Carlo Petrosali Jr. versus Bradley Scott for UFC Liverpool. Um, Brian Stan will be going aboard to PFL in a quote-unquote leadership role. Um, I'm not sure what that means because I didn't read into it. Um, He's going to be a consultant. Okay. Which means he gets paid to do nothing. <laughs> just just don't get caught up in the million-dollar scheme. That I mean, he, he is. This, the PFL is a gigantic scheme from administration down. <laughs> Brian Stan's like, I want a piece of that. Stan, just leave with your hands clean, man. Just get your cut and, and get out of there before it gets too ugly. Uh, John Dotson uh, signed a new four-fight contract, so he will be back. Um, and Bellator, we got Emily Ducade versus Vita Artiega. Um, and some good Hall of Fame news, Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua, uh, their fight from UFC 139 will be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame in the fight wing category. And the last two fights I have, uh, Craig White stepping in for Gunnar Nelson to face Neil Magny. And Jake Shields will be at PFL 3 against Ray Cooper in third. Poor Jake Shields. Oh, wait. Is P running a welterweight tournament? I didn't look to see. And I know that's like, what that is. Yeah, I know, like, last year they said they were going to do, like, every division, but then they waited six months to actually hold a card, so... Is that welterweight division even deep enough to hold a... I mean, it was one of their deeper divisions, believe it or not. Like, it had John Fitch and Jake Shields. Well, you had and... John Fitch, Jake Shields. You had, like, Brian Foster. Yeah. Um, maybe they could. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, John Fitch gets to go to Bellator. Just beat up on freaking Paul Daly. <laughs> John Fitch the hitman. Oh, boy. John Fitch is a hired gun in 2018. That is... I mean, but he's a hired gun for a guy like Paul Daly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, like, we talk, I, I think we mentioned it last week, like, a little bit. Or, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, the UFC was working on GSP versus Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz reportedly told the UFC to fuck off. So, I, I doubt that's even happening. I mean, that was happening in the first place, but whatever. Um, but more realistically, they were targeting Alexander Gustafson versus Luke Rockhold for UFC 227 in L.A. Uh, that card's supposed to have, also, Danielle Taylor versus the debuting Li Zhang. Cub Swanson versus Hanel Moicano. Benito Lopez versus Ricky Simone. Ricardo and, oh wait, yeah, Ricardo Ramos versus Kung Hill Kang. Uh, Wooly, Wild Luigi, uh, 
Wooligi. <laughs> His name cannot be Waluigi. It's Wooligi. Okay. <laughs> Burn. The, the, uh, the uh, Chinese dude. Versus Barat Kandare. And Poliana Viana versus JJ Aldrich. Um, also, on ta- oh, we mentioned this last time, but worth mentioning again. We got Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier 2. Going down at UFC Calgary. Uh, Max Griffin versus Curtis Melender. Set for UFC 226. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky versus Darren Elkins set for UFC Fight Night Boise. Dennis Bermudez versus Rick Glenn slated for UFC Fight Night Boise as well. Uh, Bech Cohea versus Irene, uh, Irene Aldana scheduled for UFC 227. Um, on the boxing side, Mikey Garcia is going to fight Robert Easter uh, on July 28th for the lightweight title. Meaning he's going to drop down to the weight class that Vasily Lomachenko just won the title in. Um, what else? Uh, oh, Sergey Kovalev is going to fight Alader Alvarez on August 4th in Atlantic City. Uh, so, oh, uh, the W, uh, the World Boxing Super Series announced their second season. Uh, it's going to be three divisions, bantamweight, junior welterweight, and either light heavyweight or heavyweight. Um, the bantamweight tournament uh, currently has three of the four recognized world champions, WBA champion Ryan Burnett, uh, IBF champion Manny Rodriguez, and WBO champ Zolani Tate. Um, Naya Inoue, Inui has uh, said he's going to fight in the tournament, if he, uh, but he has to first get past Jamie McDonald this weekend at uh, on May twenty fifth. So, yeah. um, I got I got to go back up to the the Gus and Rockhold. Um, I can't be the only one that thinks this fight is not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good idea if you're Luke Rockhold. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, and. If you're Alexander Gustafson, this is perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, I almost feel hypocritical because I, I, I'm pretty sure I want to say after the Romero fight that I thought that maybe him moving to 205 would be something to, you know, at least ponder and look at because um, he is a, a fairly big middleweight. But I just didn't think your, your, your first fight at 205 probably shouldn't be Alexander Gustafson. Um especially considering that his chin hasn't been, you know, it's been a little spotty as of late. And um, we, we saw what uh, Gus did to poor Glover. And, uh, you know, not not saying you'll, you're guaranteed to end up with the same fate, but it, it I feel like the chances are still pretty high. Um, but I don't know, maybe he goes to 205, maybe he's completely revitalized and he becomes a new person. But... If I'm a betting man, um, I got Gus probably getting him out of there um, pretty yep. quick. Yeah, like, Gustafson is literally the worst matchup for Luke Rockhold at 205. Um, that's not really saying much since, like, it's Alexander Gustafson and basically everybody else until DC comes back. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's... I think the move up to 205 was a smart thing to do. Um, I don't know if Rock, they offered Rockhold like a whole bunch of opponents. He's like, no, I want to fight Gus because he badmouthed me after I got knocked out. Or they just like, yeah, if you're going to go to 205, you're going to go big and we're going to make you fight Gus. 
you know, right after you got knocked out by like a do uh, uh, by Yo Romero, which is kind of ridiculous. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's I I don't like the fight for Rocco, but I like the fight overall. So, it is what it is. I'll see. What what's really confounding to me is if Luke Rockhold wins and DC loses in July, are they going to make that fight? Nah. I, I feel like I feel like DC would retire before he fights the teammate. Well, he said he's retiring what March 2019. So, he's he still got uh, probably one title defense in there unless um uh, unless you know, Steve just freaking wrecks him. Yeah, I mean, that's the same. Like, if he goes, if he if he loses Steve and goes back to two hundred five, like, I I don't, yeah, I don't think the Rocco fights happen. So we'll, we'll we'll get to see old man Shogun in the title fight he rightfully deserves. Exactly. <laughs> He'll get a chance to reign the division one time again at eighty years old and in, in, in fight years, but um. We got in, in, in Poirier and then the Alvarez rematch. Uh, I'm gonna go Alvarez because I thought he was gonna win before they stopped that fight last time. So I'm still fifty fifty, but yeah, I think I'm gonna say Alvarez. I feel like the fight's gonna go kind of the same. Like he's gonna get tagged at first, and then he'll 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 dog his way back into the fight. He'll 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 do Eddie Alvarez things as he always does. Um. So yeah, pretty much all the fight news I think we missed, and I think we shouted out last time, but Chad Mendes is coming back to fight Miles Jury. Oh, right. I forgot what card that's on, but I'm really happy he's back. Boise. Uh, oh, oh yeah, we mentioned that. Boy, Boise, man. You Forget North Dakota. Apparently, Idaho is the... Uh... <laughs> you guys are getting, like, all of the good fights. Um, this fight's with the boys, man. Yeah, man, but... No, nothing against Miles Jerry, but I hope Chad Mendez wreck shot. Nothing personal, but it is what it is. Um, I guess before we get on to the UFC card, um, I got to give a shout out to the one championship card, Unstoppable Dreams. Um, this card kept me very well distracted while I was at work watching this on the app. <laughs> this app is actually pretty awesome. Like it never, it doesn't really freeze. Everything's pretty seamless. Um, and I actually, I, I think I got a chance to watch almost all this card, minus a few of the prelims, but, um, yeah, man, th this one card was a really, really, really good card, um, a lot of good performances, um, Amir Khan, uh, had a nice, uh, TKO over Sung Jun Lee, um, Edward Folaying had a really dominant performance, um, I can't remember the gentleman that he fought, um, the only fight I missed that I really wanted to see, I missed the Shinya Aoki fight. Well, like, I saw it, but the submission happened so fast because I was working that by the time I looked down, it just happened to be over. Um, but I think he won by, like, triangle. Um, they had a couple of um, tie fights on there that were really good. And then in the um, the the championship fight, so actually they had three championship fights. So they had a tie flyweight uh, between Sam A. and Sergio Wilson. Uh, Sam A beat the bricks <laughs> off of Sergio, man. That guy's, that, that guy's, he's yeah. Um, Martin Nguyen, uh beat Christian Lee. Ah, I felt bad for Christian Lee. He he started off really good, man. It, it looked like he was, 
I don't say on his on his way because it's only off based off the first round, but he started off strong, but he he couldn't really close out. But you know, dude's still really young, still got plenty of time to you know get better, make improvements. I'm pretty sure that was a, a learning experience for him. Um, but uh, Martin Nguyen def, uh, defended his featherweight belt, and in the main event, uh, Angela Lee May Yamaguchi uh, rematch from 2016. Um, they had another awesome uh, five-round fight. I wouldn't say this was as good as the first one, um, but it was still really entertaining. So shout-outs to Angela Lee uh, defending her Adam Waite uh, world title. And I think that's about all I got. Um, I don't think you said neither, neither one of us watched the uh, Bottle Jack fight and Adonis last night. So, um, Right. Um, yeah. What? Quick question. Yeah. Unstoppable dreams. <laughs> it's all the Angela Lee marketing scheme. They're 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 banking in on her unstoppable nickname. Her her dreams are unstoppable, which yeah, is pretty man. scary. What happens if she has a nightmare? No, it gets worse. <laughs> I don't know, but it's almost yeah, a threat. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know they were banking on Chris. I didn't say banking. But I know they wanted Christian Lee to win that belt so bad so they could promote a brother and sister championship duo. Yeah, but I would say this. Mario Wynn looked, um, I, I think that cut to 135 took a little bit more out than we thought. Yeah. Or, he, he's a, in that fight, I think he, he turned it up just, in, I'm going to say just enough to, yeah, it almost looks like he's really, like, at times, just kind of, like, lackadaisical in there. Like, he's he's almost, like, too calm. Like, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Right. Yeah, because it felt like Lee, in the first round, was just able to push the pace a lot more. And then it just seemed like the later the fight went, he just wasn't able to. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's got to be a... Kill on Wynn's body, like jumping all these weight classes, you know. Yeah, like he's young. It's only going to get worse from here on out. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's still dual wielding, so you know, keep 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 doing your thing. <laughs> hey, just just keep it above one forty five. Don't 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 try to to jump yeah. back down because that, that honestly, God, it, it looked like he was drained by the end of like the second round. That he just tried to fight through it. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's still out there holding it down, so. That's crazy that Bibiano has some pretty good. How old is Bibiano? He's like 30. Mid 30s, 35, 36. It's a shame he never came over. He's 38, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, hey, man, shout out to, <laughs> to Bibiano. He knows where the checks are. Hey, man. That's, that's he's, what get, it's about. he's getting paid the same amount probably as DJ Dillashaw was getting paid when he was champion. Yeah. So anything, how can you hate? Yeah. Anything to avoid the Reebok hit. Um, I'm I'm all for it. Um, but speaking in the Reebok, <laughs> let's uh, get on to this card. UFC Fight Night. Um, what number was this? Uh, One twenty nine. Um. Headlined by Kamaru Usman and Damian Maya, uh, who replaced God. Who was the original person? I'm really, yeah, I'm tired too. I'm, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, man. I, I guess we'll we'll just jump into it because my god, this card was really long. Um, so we'll we'll, we'll just jump into Which it. Which is weird because there was so many first round stoppages. See, the thing is, they were, they were. We we would get a first round, but then the next two would be decisions. So it 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 was almost like an illusion, like you thought it was going by faster than it really was, but it it kind of wasn't. Um, right. But main event. Hamar Usman, Damian Maya. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have this card pulled up on Wikipedia. Ooh. <laughs> it says Kamaru Usman, Damian Maya, and then like in the method column where it normally says like decision, TKO, whatever, it says Maya fell asleep. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> this fight was, um, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I probably shouldn't say I was surprised by how this went, I probably should have saw this coming, I thought it would be, um, I thought it would be a bit more violent on Usman's end, but I guess it kind of makes sense considering my skill set that this is a guy who you don't want you you don't want to get you on the ground like at all like you just need to avoid that smoke at all costs and so it pretty much just turned into a kickboxing match um i mean my i thought Maya had a pretty decent first round i think i gave Maya the first round 10-9 um they said this before, like, he's not, like, the greatest striker, it's not, like, the cleanest technique, he's not gonna knock anybody out, but, like, it's, it's, it's competent enough, I guess, just, just to kind of get by, but it's not gonna wow you, um, it's like, he was able to, like, work the jab, he, he landed a, a few decent shots in the first round, um, as to where Usman's kind of, like, a, more of a power shot kind of guy, um, so Maya did pretty good the first round, but after that, it, kind of just <laughs> didn't go so well for Maya. Um, I was really impressed, though, with Usman's ability to defend takedowns because a lot of these shots that Maya had, they weren't, like, bad shots. Like, some of them look like at any, if he was fighting any other person, he would have gotten some of those. And Usman just, I don't, I, don't, I saw a crazy stat. I can't remember the number, but he stuffed, like, an ungodly amount of takedowns. And, I mean... Maya was trying all kinds of entry points. I think, like, at one point, he had went for a single leg, and they hopped around, like, <laughs> half the octagon, and Usman was still managing to stay on his feet. Um, and he literally did that for, like, all five rounds anytime Maya um, shot in the shot. So he he kind of, in a way, it didn't look as similar. I feel like it was kind of like a Woodley situation where, he almost neutralized Maya because once Maya couldn't get any takedowns, there wasn't, you know, as we kind of see, like, Maya's a specialist. There's not really a, a plan B. It's kind of like I can either get this takedown or I'm, I'm forced to stand on the feet, but we, he's not the greatest striker in the world. So Usman was able to, to tag him a bit on the feet. I think he dropped him in the fourth uh, with, like, a straight right. Um I also thought he did a good job of, uh, there were times when Maya would shoot in for a takedown and he would kind of punish him with strikes on the ground. Um, 
<laughs> he gave him a hammer fist to his big toe. I don't know how much that uh, worked, but, you know, that that was a thing. Um, yeah, it wasn't, like, the most eye-pleasing fight, but, I mean, he, he did what he had to do. He, he pretty much, like, neutralized Maya and made his offense just pretty ineffective while being able to just get enough off on his own to, to get the W, so... Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to Usman. Like he, he went in there with a, a legend, a, a true vet, and he, he, he shut him down. Yeah. Um. Man, these are the fights where I'm like, I get why people are on like the Usman train because you you have a guy like Maya who can fight hard for like a round or two, and and then he's kind of just like out on his feet. Um. Like if he can find, like if he finds a decent pace, he can go like here where he, you know, managed to go like five rounds. But a lot, a lot of the time, like you just see the the the, the perfect parallel is the Covington fight, where Covington was literally just in his face the entire time, and as a result, Covington got tagged like a hell of a lot in the first round. But by second, by the second third round, Maya's volume had dwindled to basically nothing, while Covington was still moving forward, still blocking takedowns. That, that all that good stuff. Um, like I, I for Covington or not Covington for Usman. Um, like I would have really loved to have seen him pick the pace up as the fight went along. He kind of just followed the same pace, which you know, it was too too much for Maya. Um, especially with all those takedown attempts. Maya, by the way, is like zero for forty nine in his last three fights on takedown attempts. I want to say. Yes, yeah, so that's down Twitter. Um. Can't remember who tweeted it out, but yeah, like maybe it's, we shouldn't have the forty-year-old jujitsu dude fight all these wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and like it, 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 to his credit, like Usman did not look any less impressive, I guess, than like Woodley or Covington facing Maya. Like, like you said, he he actually dropped Maya in the fourth. Um, like he had him visibly hurt. He, I'm pretty sure he broke his nose, but. Like when you have such a clear cardio advantage, and you are the younger, more athletic fighter, you you you'd like to see you put your foot to the uh, pedal a little bit and you know pick it up, especially when you know your opponent's fading. Like he had him hurt. Uh, I think he went for like the not uh, like I think he went for it, but like it, it just didn't end up materializing that time. Oh, yeah. Um. If anything, that's probably going to be the thing that that stops Usman from, you know, passing that threshold into the uh, elite status over guys like uh, Wonder Boy and Woodley, where, well, even those two have their issues when it comes to this, but like, they only fight at one pace, and that's actually something that's affected Darren uh yeah Darren Till in his career like all these dudes kind of just like they only know like uh how to do things at like this weird slow down pace where they're they're not really pushing it um like Woodley has turned that to his advantage where he's able to you know get all these power shots off because of it that nobody sees coming and he just surprises people with his speed uh it kind of cost Wonder Boy, uh, like his, it 
two title opportunities where he just like, all right, I'm gonna just kickbox. Well, it wasn't even kickbox. It was a kick fight. I'm a kick fight um, for 50 minutes against Tyron Woodley, and then Woodley got off all the dynamic offense that people remember from those fights. And like Usman has that. Like we know he can push a pace. We've seen him do it before. But when he gets like somebody in there who can do some stuff, he just kind of like he's content neutralizing as opposed to going on offense. And that that's not gonna win your fans. Probably not gonna win him a title fight. And he's probably gonna end up like out of the conversation for the rest of this year because it's gonna be the winner of. RDA versus Covington next, and depending on who wins that, it could be the winner of Till versus uh, Wonderboy after that. And they wouldn't even have to match them. Uh, like, and I don't think any like, there, there would be no fan outcry for it not having Usman fight the winner of Till versus Wonderboy, which is what you would want if you're like Usman. Like he he has to find that second gear. He has to learn how to turn it up. Yeah, and it, I think it's kind of frustrating because you, you feel like, you, you get the sense when you watch him fight, like, you can turn this up. Like, I, I know you have it there. And he said to him damn, his damn self when he was like, oh, I only fought like 30% for today. And like, you don't say that shit. Right. <laughs> you definitely don't. <laughs> and like, and when, like, and he it was in the interview here, he was talking like clear as day, like, he was not tired. Like, there was something extra there if he just tapped into it. But maybe he was really worried about Maya's jiu-jitsu game. Maybe he was worried about, like, just tiring himself out um, when he was fighting. Um, who was the dude before this? The Viking. Um, was it Meeks? Mex? Mil- yeah, Mel Meeks. Yeah, Meeks. Um, like, maybe he was just tired, like, afraid of tiring himself out, and then, like, Meeks would just pour on that offense, like, that violent offense we've seen them, like, pull out before, but uh, you you have to, there has to be a little bit more risk involved. If you want your name to, like, here's the thing, like, I, I know everybody's really high until after that, like, Donald Cerrone knockout. He's not a very fat, like, he's not a very, um, like, he's a pressure fighter without, I want to say, like, volume. Like, if you go watch his, like, first four fights in the UFC, like, the reason he didn't get those knockouts is because he just, like, he, t- one, he tires out after, like, a round. So, he like, he kind he also fights at this, like, even kill pace. Like, all these guys have the same problem, you know, in, in their specialty areas. But, like, you, you got to pick it up. Yeah, I'm going to say, especially in, <clears throat> at welterweight, like, it's... They're, they're killers when you start <laughs> getting to the elite of the elite. And if you want to stand out, you, you got to start taking some souls um, <laughs> when you leave that, that octagon. But regardless, still a, a pretty good performance. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Like, you, you, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. That, that was like, if you're going to beat Damian Maia, that's how you do it. Yeah. And yeah, n- neutralizing Damian Maia is not a. An easy thing, especially like just the way he was stuffing those takedowns. Like it was, uh, it, it was. Dude has some of the best hips in, mem- in MMA. Yeah, it's crazy how like, <laughs> like I said, a lot of these shots on anybody else, they would they'd have been out of there, and he was just <laughs> somehow shrugging all of them off. Um, but albeit you can feel how you feel about the performance. Um, but you know, a W is a W at the end of the day, so. 
you know, keep keep on getting wins. Hopefully the next out you can, like, get somebody out of there, you know, finish them, really make a statement. But, you know, for now, man, win is a win. Um, also, um, Maya, I, I mentioned, can we start getting him wrestlers? Can we start getting him wrestlers on, like, three weeks' notice? Because he, he fought, <laughs> like, we, we forget this, he fought for the title on, like, three and a half weeks' notice. Like, he he was so pressed for time, because that was a quick turnaround after the Masvidal fight, that he didn't even get to go work with his wrestling team. Like, he was like, yeah, I was in, like, I normally have, like, a coach and, like, a team I put together or go to for, like, for when I have fights for my, like, uh, wrestling. I didn't have that for the Woodley fight. I, I Like, we, they told me, you got three and a half weeks. So he just stayed with his jiu-jitsu team and, like, worked with dudes in his, like, I think it was like his team too, not like, uh, like his training partner team, but like his academy. He was just working with dudes in the gym. Huh. So yeah, and I guess a guy like Woodley, you need a little bit more. Uh, I need a little bit more help than that. Right, right. <laughs> um, I'll say last note on Maya. Um, I think we should appreciate this guy while he's here because he's probably gonna be hanging it up soon. I think I read that. Um. Pretty much like after this contract, he's probably gonna hang it up. So um, he he's had a really, just a really really good career. Like for somebody who's a specialist, <laughs> and he's been through all of the eras in which this sport has like evolved, and he still managed to stay relevant and stay, you know, still has a status as like a top fighter. I think is a, a really true testament to like his skill set. And that even though you know what he's going to do against most guys, he can still just execute it. Um, but yeah, man, shout out, shout out to mm. Damian Maya. Um, and shout out to Usman for forgetting the W. Uh, I guess moving on to the co-main event. Fight did not last long at all. <laughs> Tatiana Suarez and Alexa Grasso. Um, yeah. Suarez just kind of went in there and um, body. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's just, it's not a ton to analyze about this fight, man. She Suarez came with the heat. Um, <laughs> she came in and just kind of bullied Grasso around, took her down. Just really aggressive <laughs> with the grappling, man. Took her down. Um, poor Grasso just didn't really have much of a chance. Uh, once that uh, choke got sunk in, that was that was pretty much a wrap. That was tight um, too. She got her whole hand behind the head and yeah, everything. Like, yeah, and it it was crazy because I, I thought Grasso was gonna go to sleep because that looked like it was in deep from the start, and she was just like refusing to tap out. I was like, you might as well just quit because you're about to pass over to the other side. But she she eventually tapped uh, two minutes and forty four seconds into the first round. Um. I can't remember the odds, but Suarez was a huge favorite uh, in this fight, and you know, she, she showed why. Like she went in there and she she got Grasso out of there with the quickness. Yeah, no, like so Suarez is the best wrestler in women's MMA. Like this is a, this like if it wasn't for thyroid cancer, and I'll come back to that in a second because uh, Brandon Fitzpatrick or Gerald or whatever. Said something during the fight that made me chuckle. Um, but uh, like she is the best wrestler in women's MMA right now. 
Um, an argument argument could be made for uh, was it Kaneko Murata, uh, the Japanese wrestler. An argument be made for I guess Carla Esparza, though I think Esparza suffers because she's really small. Um, and I guess you can make an argument for Sarah McMahon, but I don't know why you would. Uh, she got wrestled by Kellen Vera. Um, but like, this is a woman who's beaten Heather Morales, and for those who don't know, Heather Morales is like was the woman who, uh, I believe the first United U- U.S. woman to ever win a gold medal at the Olympics for wrestling. Like, she would have been an Olympian pretty damn easily had uh, had it not been for, you know, her injury, her neck injury and her thyroid cancer and everything like that. Um, so, like, it, it didn't surprise me that this fight went this way because Alexa Grasso... Um, Always kind of been easy to march down along the fence. Uh, she fights in a really stand, like, straight up in the air style where, like, uh, it, it just seems like she's, her hips are there to be taken out from under her. Um, what I'm really happy about is, Suar- uh, like, we, we saw Suarez struggle a little bit in her last fight with, uh, what was it, Vivian Pereira to get the finish. Uh, she was able to sink in the choke here, which is a really good look. She got it really quick. Um not a whole lot to say technically, but back to Brandon Fitzpatrick or whatever his name is, uh, the commentator who was opposite Jimmy Smith. I was wondering who that guy was the whole night. Like <laughs> he's been doing commentary for a while now. Why did we replace Goldie with just Goldie Juniors? I... Because <laughs> because the, the problem with Goldie wasn't that Goldie was bad. The pro- with at least in the UFC's eyes, the problem with Goldie is he was expensive. But we got great, great value Goldies. But he he had a little Goldieism of himself. Uh, hold, on, I wrote the note because I didn't want to forget it. Uh, like when he was talking about like uh, uh oh. Uh huh. The the way he said it was funny to me. Um, like he he was talking about like her neck in, his neck injury her neck injury exposed something far more severe, and then the, he like. The most casual way possible just says thyroid cancer for Tatiana Suarez. Like she threw a punch, and it was like right hand for Tatiana Suarez, and it made me crack up hysterically. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god! Like <clears throat> he he has that goldy knack for turning things that should be like personable and like humanizing into like just another soundbite like like, it it was no different than Goldie saying corn to the core (laughs) (laughs) I miss Goldie man I miss Goldie you can watch the Bellator tentpole events where he works sometimes I don't even know what the Bellator screwing up by hiring all those dudes to do commentary. They could literally just pull a couple of dudes off the regional scene, and they'd probably have just as much impact. Yeah, and they, and they probably would care more. Let's be real. There's no way Chael Sonnen cares. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, this. Yeah. Speaking of, oh, I I don't remember if it was Suarez. I might be completely wrong with this. There was something I saw on Twitter the other day. Actually, it was yesterday. Um, they were doing some kind of promo photo shoot. 
Did you hear about this? Oh, no. Who? So, I I don't remember if it was Suarez. I cannot remember who it was. But, um, so they were doing, like, the photo shoot. And she was standing in front of the, uh, the camera guy. And, you know, they make them do, like, their poses or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he, he tells her, um, um, what, what did he say? He said, uh, yeah, fo- fold your arms, um, bring your arms lower, um, and then she, she does the pose, and then the camera guy's like, yeah, that's good, uh, we need to see the UFC logo, and we need to make sure your assets are showing. And, but, like, <laughs> he said it in such, like, a, like, he just passed it by like it was nothing. Like, basically just, like, we need to make sure you look great. But, like, it was like a creepy kind of, I don't know, it was really weird. It was a really weird, and I can't remember if it was Suarez. It might not have been. It, it could have been somebody else. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look this up, but. It was really creepy. It, it really just sounds like this dude wanted to see some titties. Yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty much what it was. It, it was pretty much what it was. I can't remember if it was Suarez, though. I, I might have the fighter completely wrong. I should have, like, wrote that note down when I saw it. But that was weird. Um, it's not even parting shots segment yet, but shot to that guy, man. Um, that was creepy. Yeah, it was, was kind of creepy, bro. That was that was a little weird. Um, but uh, either way, Suarez went in there, and yeah, she, she just dominated. Um, on, on to dominations. <laughs> Dominic Reyes, Jared Cannonier. Wait, hey, really whoa, 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 he's not the dominator anymore. Oh, yeah, he's the, 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 the devastator. The devastator. Can we... We need to um put like a freeze on nicknames. Like I think there are just certain ones that like nobody should be able to use anymore. We uh like I don't I don't know. I don't really like Devastator. No, you were right by the way. It was it was Suarez? Yeah. Uh, that's oh. creepy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But um yeah, there there's certain nicknames I think we should retire. Like there, we don't need to have any more pit bulls. Um Devastator I think should be out of here. But I, I I'll give him credit, you know, he he won a dominator, but you know, it's probably like a last minute replacement name. Um I don't know. There there's just certain nicknames I've noticed that the dev- the, the recycle the recycle button's getting used too much. The devastator, the this the dominator, the freaking like if you have to have a V in your, in your <laughs> nickname, like maybe maybe it, it shouldn't be a nickname. Alright. Like, or maybe you just don't have a nickname. Like, not everybody needs a nickname. Nah, but everybody needs a nickname. You need to add some character, you know. Nah, like, nah, that's true. Like, like that's that's the thing though. If you if you have a nickname, it shouldn't be something that's just like, oh, I'm a bully. Or, right. <laughs> like, it, it it should be something that like gives like like it, it characterizes you. Like, Crow Cop's freaking name is nickname is Croatian Cop. Like, come on. <laughs> he he was a cop. Like it makes sense. And it sounds cool. Right. Like Anderson the Spider Silva or Anderson yeah, like it, it it's a it's characteristic to how he fights. Yeah. So you guys need to step your nickname game up. Like no shots to Reyes, but I st- his, for some reason when they said his nickname it made me think of it. I, I still don't get GSP's nickname. He's rushing in for takedowns. Uh, I, I thought he was just a big fan. <laughs> Like but. your dad band, <laughs> Russian. <laughs> that would be like a seventies 
<laughs> like 70s, 80s hey, rock band. GSP does seem like the type of dude who's into like dad bands. Like he just has a very dad vibe on him, which is really weird because <laughs> he's like a really like high profile bachelor. I can see it. I could definitely see that. Maybe in like his, his younger days. <laughs> GSP was like a hipster when he was like 16. <laughs> but, um, Dominic Reyes. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say he rolls up to the club with like the button up tucked in his like belt pants. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what if GSP had long hair at one point? Like, is he just bald or is he like. I've never seen him with like any head full of hair ever. Yes, George St. Pierre with hair. <laughs> <laughs> These are the important things we need to discuss. I mean, like, he has like small, like, he has like a short thing of hair. Like, I see, I, here's a picture of him from when he was a kid. He should just grow it up. Like if you if you do if he does a comeback fight just just grow your hair out just just let it do what it does. Oh Lord. Okay, now I now I see why you don't grow your hair out. Yeah. That's okay, GSP. <laughs> I don't want to see you look like that in adulthood. <laughs> why does he kind of look like? Oh wait, oh. <laughs> why does he kind of look like Rory? Well, now we know why he looks like a dad. Is that him? Yeah, that's him with hair. Do you have a fade? I think he's just balding. Okay. Well, why are you balding on, like, just one side of your head? It looks like a fade, but then the camera is a straight shot, so... <laughs> that's weird. But, um... Dominic Reyes, Jared Cannonier. I was really looking forward to this fight. Um, as we've said like 80,000 times before anybody at 205 who shows any glimpse of hope youth and talent I'm all for and Reyes definitely fits that category um Dominic Reyes is the only good like heavyweight problem <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> my whole uh, like all of my hopes for the future of 205 are resting on this man's shoulders it's um, really unfair because if he actually does climb the ladder, like who is he gonna fight? Do you want to see him fight Shogun? I mean, three I years from now. <laughs> I mean, if Shogun is still throwing leather three years from now, that's a whole nother issue I'm concerned with. But <laughs> um, it was weird seeing Cannoneer with hair too. He looked completely different. Yeah. So. I, I don't. He almost didn't look like the same person. Yeah, like, and I think a large part is because he looks so small and like freaking there. Oh my god, right? Like, I don't know why, but I always kind of thought like Dominic Reyes looks small, maybe like lanky, like his length yeah. just threw me off or something. But he looked like an actual like heavyweight in there. Yeah, he's a big. That's a big. Like, it was weird though because they had, it was like it was a really big height discrepancy, but I think they had the same reach. Yeah, like Reyes really is good. um what six four, yeah, and he's always been six four in the UFC, but I don't know why. I always feel like he looks kind of small. 
Maybe Cannoneer is just I don't know. Maybe maybe he was I don't know. It it was weird, but yeah, the 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 height discrepancy was definitely <laughs> very very visible. Um, as far as the fight, I mean, they they both came out throwing. Um, Cannoneer was trying to get his his power shots off. Uh, I thought Reyes did a, a good job. I like his use. I like how he kind of mixed it up. Uh, he's throwing punches and kicks. Um, one thing he did that I thought was great, which kind of uh, led to his KO. Um, he would throw a shot or throw a combination and then he would kind of like tuck his head off in the corner, almost like a shoulder roll to kind of just like get out of any return in line of fire, um, in case Cannonier was looking to counter. And that's kind of what got him his, his KO. Um, I think he had threw like a right and then he ducked off and then Cannonier tried to return fire and he just wasn't there. And the next thing you know, there's an uppercut in, in Cannoneer's chin. And then, you know, he, his his legs go to, you know, <laughs> his legs go to the other side. Uh, he, he starts getting wobbled around. I thought Reyes did a good job of, like, following in to go for the kill, but not being completely reckless about it. Um, he pressured enough to still, like, throw some shots, but not be so careless to get, like, caught by any returning fire. And then, my God, the last uppercut... Cannoneer just literally does the face plant, and there, there's something about when somebody gets face planted that when the referee stops, I'm not mad at it, <laughs> no matter if he bounces back up or not, because there's something about face plants that just look, it's like, man, you got to be out of here, yeah. like, it, they, they, they just look extra bad. Dude, like, if your face hits the mat and you don't, like, brace for it, you are out, like, I'm sorry, I don't care if the mat wakes you up again, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he fell right on his face, man. And props to Reyes. He, he just walked off. He didn't even go to, to follow up. He just admired his work. Um, still undefeated. 9-0, eight first-round stoppages. Yeah, man. Out here handling business. Um, you, you you have to root for this guy. Like, if you're concerned about the future of, of light heavyweight, you, you have to get behind Reyes. He's literally one of... Like, just very few youthful prospects that looks like he can turn into something promising. Um, I, I'm still... I, I don't know how he does against, like, the elite. Uh, or I, I can't even say elite. I would say a la just, like, a Cormier or a Gus. Um, that was weird he called out Jordan Johnson. I think, but I guess I, they, I think that yeah. was the right move because they... If, <clears throat> if not, they might have actually put him in there with, like... Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, and you don't <laughs> at two oh five. You do not want to kill off prospects. We, might, we need every single last one of them. Um, we don't. We don't need them. Get, need them getting killed off too quick. Um, but uh, I guess you know Jordan Johnson. They're both nine and zero, and apparently I guess Johnson had some some things to say about him on Twitter. So yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that call out either. Um, but I'd say if 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 they if they end up doing the Johnson fight and he gets past Johnson. You know, maybe give him a step up. Not saying give him a Gus, but... Bottom top uh, 15. Yeah. Which, I'm not even sure who's in that. I don't have the rankings in front of me right now, but... I actually um, think it's Jordan Johnson. Where's, um... Oh, God. Um, the guy who uh, beat OSP. Vulcan? Not Vulcan. Um, was it OSP? Who am I thinking of? John Blakovich? Yeah. 
Uh, he, he's he's number five. Because oh, he just beat Manoa. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Manoa. That was the fight I was saying. But um, Patrick Cummins, uh, Corey Anderson, uh, Misha Serkinov, Tyson Pitt. These are all just prospects. And John Volante. So, <laughs> George Johnson, John Volante. Those are good fights. Hopefully, the dudes who can give him rounds, because, like, as awesome as it is to see people just run through people in, in the first round, um, and it kind of just sets them up for failure down the road if they can't like get them out of there. And yeah. and, and but uh, I'm a little less worried about it with Reyes because he, he like you said like he didn't go ham for that finish. Like, he was really poised about it. Always stayed with himself. Never like got caught out on his feet overreaching or something. Um, but he, he like the. The freaking knock uh, the 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 setup for the knockout where like he ducks a straight a straight left hand from um from Cannoneer that like there's a four inch difference between these two and Cannoneer didn't throw an over and he threw a straight punch and Reyes managed to duck it and hit him with an uppercut so yeah that that's pretty special yeah. my favorite part is that his Wikipedia page says he is. Extremely flex, uh, flexible and acrobatic. <laughs> Shout out to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man, Ray Reyes is a that, that dude's a beast, man. He's he's a problem. Um, so hopefully, you know the, you know, like I said, we we can do the Jordan Johnson fight if he wins that. Um, you know, they'll throw him in there with a somebody who will push him a little bit. See if we can. Maybe put him in a bad spot, see if he can get out of it. Just, like, test more of his game. And then we'll see if he's ready for, you know, the likes of Gus and all, all of those. those Who, whoever's like around in, like, a year. Right. If they all haven't retired or died of old age. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, DC, when, like, Jones probably isn't fighting at 205 when he comes back because there's, like, no money there. DC's going to be retired. Gus will probably be on, like, be, like, out with surgery. Like, it's going to be Uzdemir, Teixeira, Latifi. <laughs> Shogun. And Shogun. <laughs> Shogun and Perpetua. Uh, Shogun's just going to fight forever until he dies. He's still going to be like a top five fighter at like 60. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. But shout out to Dominic Reyes, man. Keep keep, keep on rolling. Yeah, keep, keep keep the wins coming, man. We This, this division needs you. Um. So next fight, Guido Canetti and Diego Rivas. Um, I don't remember this fight very well. I remember it in ton of detail. I remember Guido got off um, at least when he was at distance. Um, he was getting off a lot of like really powerful kicks. <clears throat> um, I think at point like this fight went on the ground like in the, in the first round. Um, I want to say Guido got him down. Um, I don't think he really did much. Um, Rivas did better in the second and third. Like there were points where uh, Guido would still fire off those power kicks, but uh, Rivas did a good job of like he would catch him and he would slam him and take him to the ground. Um, but he wasn't able to just like really control enough of the fight to really, you know, really say he won. Like basically by the third round, it was kind of like you, you probably need to finish and. Like, he had moments, um, I want to say if I'm remembering, I hope I'm not getting fights mixed up. I, I feel like they had, like, a nice little flurry in the third, 
where Diego landed some good shots, but like I said, it was he, he spent most of the fight being controlled, not really being able to get off um, a ton, and Guido just kind of got a, I uh, think, got a unanimous decision. Uh, all I remember about like the first two rounds of this fight is uh, Kennedy got on top. Like there was a takedown where like Rivas, uh, like guys like got him down, and then like Guido just kept rolling and got on top of him. Uh, and Rivas's arm bar attempt that almost ended with him, like, ending up like a uh, Humberto Bandanai. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he did. <laughs> that was the armbar defense this whole card of people just getting slammed on their head. Yep. But uh, other than that, like, I don't remember much about this fight. And I watched it like twice. I watched it um, yeah. like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did too. And I still, it doesn't, I, cause I think it was not, not much, like there were moments, but there wasn't like a ton of substance going on in this fight. I, I you so know, not... I do remember Rivas was uh, at one point in the third round. Rivas was like really like putting it on Guido on the cage, and then he decides to like duck under for a takedown. And yeah, I was like, okay, you want to lose? Um, <laughs> shouts to the, the crowd were hot for this one. Like, no, I, I get why Rivas was on the main card because uh, they they were really loud for this one. I think I remember from this fight, my takeaway was, like, Reva seemed to be really content with, like, really trying to go for his submissions when they went to the ground, and it seemed like his cornerman did not want him to really play around on the ground, like, they wanted him to... Yeah, yeah, I remember them saying uh, during the thing, like, oh, they, during the, in the corner, they were like, stop going for arm bars, you stupid fuck. <laughs> and, uh, Diego was like, no, I'm a, I, I can arm bar him. Oh, yeah. And then he slammed him on his head. Oh, yeah. A, a, a for effort, I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Guido Canetti. He got the unanimous decision. Um, this next fight, I was looking forward to this one. Uh, Andrea KGB Lee and Veronica Macedo. Um, I always try to keep an eye on the LFA alumni who come over. Uh, so I was looking forward to this fight. Um, I would have a lot of props to Macedo. She's what, like 20, 22? 23? Uh, I know she's she's really young. She um, is twenty two. And there there's there's a lot of talent there. Um, she she gave KGB a a, a nice little wake up call with a head kick that she landed. Um, I want to say that was in like the first round. Um, she has really good striking. It's real like really just frenetic, just bouncing around. A lot of movement, a lot of action going on. But KGB was just able to just kind of neutralizer with the grappling um kgb is really strong like (laughs) she was like the the head arm throw i think she landed a couple of those um like i said yeah like anytime macedo even started to get off any kind of combinations andrea just started grappling and just like shut it down and would take her down was able to get pretty good uh, positions on the ground. Um, she was going for chokes. I think at the end of the first, she was going for an armbar, um, but time had ended. Um, yeah, it, it was a pretty good performance from Lee for uh, a debut. Pretty much, like I said, just she just used her grappling to just kind of shut Macedo down. Um, just really strong grappling. I, I just I like how active she is on the ground too. Like it's not just kind of 
laying on you. Like she's trying to advance positions. She's going for submissions. Really just aggressive with the grappling. And she uh, got her way to a, a pretty one-sided unanimous decision. But I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Macedo. At, like at that young age, I think there's a lot of, you know, as with a lot of young fighters, you know, it, you'll, you'll need some experience. You know, you know, you'll have these kind of losses. But I think there's a lot there to work with that can be turned into something if she can, you know, just, like, put it all together. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how long she's been there, but she's at the MMA factory. Uh, that's the same gym as Francis Ngannou and Tom Dukenois. Um So, like, she's at a gym where she, they should be able to take her dynamicness because that, that's really what I got from this fight. Like, not this fight, but, like, overall, like, Macedo is really dynamic. But everything she does leads to the clinch. And everybody she's going to fight is way bigger than her. Like I think she's only like five two, five three, but like her frame she's not she's not a big woman. Like uh she looked tiny next to uh what's her name? Ashley Evan Smith, and now Ashley Evan Smith is in this division. So like she she might be a strawweight. Um Granted, I don't know where she'd have, like, room to cut an extra 10 pounds because she, like I said, she, she she's really tiny. Um, uh, this is another fight where I don't remember a lot. Like, I remember a lot of, like, the clinch exchanges where, like, uh, Lee would just, like, knee the crap out of her. Lee is... Yeah, she fired off a lot of those. Yeah, like, Lee is really strong and, like, really athletic. In that like cowboy Cerrone type of way, um, she got her down, got on top of her a little bit, uh, was kicking at the legs, <clears throat> like, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of big takeaways. Like, props to Lee, she finally gets to make her debut. This is pro, I think, yeah, this is the first time she's left the country to fight, so like that, that's probably a big deal. Um, but we kind of gets overlooked in MMA, but like. Not often where you're like you're eleven fights into your career you're being flown halfway around the world to go fight in somebody else's uh backyard or or home continent or whatever. Um I I'm I don't, I don't wanna say anything negative about uh Lee because I'm still kinda curious like how does she do against a wrestler? Because she got tapped by Sarah Delelio. Because so, uh, Delelio was able to get her down. I mean, she hasn't really fought a, a, a really solid wrestler since then. But at the same time, this is like the flyweight division is missing so much talent that I'm kind of curious, like, who is there to get in her way? All right. But, man, yeah, we'll see. always come up from LFA. I'd never. I was kind of curious, like what her ceiling is, because she definitely has a lot of upside. But you, you never know how they how she would do against an elite, you know, competition until we actually see it. But with that strength of grappling <laughs> and, and them knees, I, I want to say hopefully, I want to say I, I think she can get she she can get somewhere. But um, uh, we'll see. But shout outs to her, uh, impressive performance for a debut, and shout outs to LFA continuously <laughs> turning out prospects that turn out, you know, pretty, pretty decent. 
Um, and to round out the main card, uh, Vincente, uh, Vincente Luque and Chad Laprise. Um, I don't remember this fight in ton of detail other than it was a lot of footwork. Um, pretty much like a kickboxing match. And in real time, I did not even see the left hook. <laughs> that sent Laprise to, to the other side. Um, it, it, I don't know if it was a camera angle. But, like, I just remember him throwing, I think he threw, like, a combination. I, I saw Luke move his arm. I didn't really see what he was doing. And then, next thing I know, Laprise is just out. And he ate some ground and pound. And that was, um, that was all she wrote. <laughs> but, um, Luke, does, he has a streak going on right now, doesn't he? I want to say. Uh, is it, does he? It, because when he lost, no, oh yeah, um, he beat Price in his last fight, so he's on two, he's two in a row now. Because he lost uh, to Leon Edwards. No, but awesome, um, awesome finish from Luke. That was a really, really sneaky left hook <laughs> that that caught Laprise and just ended his whole life. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say other than that was just a really good left hook, really clean, short, to the point. Um, uh, for for Luke, it was a really good way to kick off the main card. After, well, no, nah, I ain't gonna see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna, I don't wanna throw any shade to anybody. I mean, I do it constantly, <laughs> so I, I think it'd be fun. Um, like, it, yeah, that was a really nice left hook slash. Straight from Luke as he was moving back, like as Lepre was trying to close the distance, um, <clears throat> he did a good job of just like never letting Lepre off the hook, like just forcing him to engage in that first round. Um, I'm not sure if Lepre can take punches at like welterweight because it's not like Luke is heavy fisted, but like it's not like the punch he landed was anything crazy. And it seemed pretty clear that once it landed, he was, like, insta-out. Like, went yeah. stiff, got caught, like, just doing the, the Jesus T-pose <laughs> as he hits the ground. Yeah, that's why he just got caught hanging out in, the, uh, hanging out in front of him too much. Yeah. For that three-punch combo, just bam. Um, yeah, I'm not sure... Like, because before this, like, his wins were, like, Brian Barbarena, uh, who else, uh, Galore Bufando. oh, no, no, it was Brian Camozzi and Galore Bufando. neither of which, well, one's not in the UFC anymore, I'm not sure if, I'm not even, I, I don't know if Camozzi has been let go yet, because he dropped three in a row, but, uh, they were, like, they were impressive in the fact that Lepree moved up, and he was obviously the smaller man in both of those fights. But Kamozi and Bafondo aren't exactly high on the the pecking order for a reason. So okay. getting in there with like a real, you know, welterweight probably uh, exposed a whole lot about Lepree's game that we didn't previously know. Um, I, know like, cause I, I really like that Lepree has more power at 150, uh, 170 than he does at 155. I think that was like holding him back a lot. Um, maybe he's just like a 165er, you know? 
Yeah, it might be Cordonette. There are a couple fighters like that. The Cordonette, just that weird... They're in that weird gray area. Yeah. Where it's like, if, if you go up... <laughs> it's just, you know, I'll bet you don't have to cut as much weight, but now you're fighting people a lot bigger than you. And then when you fight at below, it, it might be sucking too much out of you. So you're just kind of... You're stuck. Almost. Right. Like, and... Like, Luke, like... Luke or Luke? Luke. Luke, all right. I don't know why I doubted myself. Um, Luke, like, dude has a hell, like, a really impressive record for, like, a mid tier uh, welterweight, like Chad LaPree, Nico Price, Bilal Mohamed, uh, Hector Urbina. Like, uh, I don't know, there were people who were impressed with Hader Hassan coming off the tough. So, you know, take that for what it's for what it's worth. Um, but like, do that. Do has a solid ass resume. Like his only losses are to Michael Graves and Leon Edwards. Wow, they. Yeah, I didn't even know they come Michael Graves. Oh, he was arrested for battery. That's right. Ooh. Yeah, that's why he was cut. Alrighty then. <laughs> But they didn't cut him until like six months later. Yeah, he's he's cut for battery, but we got we got Greg Hardy coming up. Yeah, he's he's, he's still up. Let's see how the UFC markets that. Uh, yeah, that's this. Woof. Uh, but they 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 I don't even think they freaking mentioned that Cody East like was arrested for assaulting two teenage girls. So, whatever. Well, not whatever, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Luke, uh dude, six and two in the UFC. All his wins come by stoppage. Hell exciting to watch. Uh, like I, I don't know what his his ceiling probably isn't title contender, but like that welterweight has that violent tier of mid tier one seventy years who just are down to scrap. Yeah, he'll. I feel like there are a couple of those in every division. There are those guys who, like, we know you're probably not going to win a title, but you're going to give us some good fights. You'll you'll and, give us some good finishes. Dude, that's, and, that's, that's just, like, the middle of welterweight where, like, guys are just... They, they have something, like, special about them, but they're not the athletic freaks that dudes like Darren Till and Kamaru Usman are. Right. But, like, you got, like this is a division where, like, Lyman Good, Elizu Zaleski, um... What's the dude's name? Uh, Yancy Medeiros. Tim Means. Uh, crap. Uh, do, who's the dude? Uh, hot chocolate. Danny Roberts. There we go. Uh, like, uh, he probably is getting cut soon, but uh, Luan Chagas. C.R. Uh, C.R. Like, who I would love to see fight. Um, Luke, by the way. Um, Mike Perry. Alan Joban. Uh, Max Griffin, like all these dudes are extremely violent, but like you know, there's kind of a ceiling on what they can do. Yo, yo, just throw him in there. He'll like headline their prism card. Dude, Dude like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> get, get people, yeah, get people hyped for the main because you know he'll. That that, <laughs> that just made me think. This next fight. Why was this the feature? So, reminder, this fight uh, that, um, the fight before this fight, uh, was supposed to be 
Brandon Moreno versus Ray Borg. Both dudes who have headlined... Well, I don't think Ray Borg's headlined, but he was the co-main event on pay-per-view. Moreno headlined in Mexico. I, I get that they had to switch out uh, Borg because, you know, his, his son is having issues, health issues. But they replaced him with Pantoja. It was a damn exciting fighter. Yeah, but I say that's it's not like that's like a terrible replacement. Right. So it's like, so why was Michelle Prezares uh, <laughs> versus Zach Cummings the fight where they're like we're gonna get the audience with this one? Right. <laughs> we're gonna have Santi, uh We're gonna have the city of Santiago, Chile, just rocking yeah. with our. I don't even know what. How to describe this? We're gonna give you guys the the, the welterweight Glacian Tibau, just this little tank guy. Well, in all fairness to Prezaris, he is way more athletic than Tibau was, because <laughs> Zach Cummings made him look like fucking Gary Russell Jr. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like this, um, did I watch this fight in real time? I don't. I was. I think this was one of those fights where like I had it on. But like I, like you were just. I think just I just think of like the stock market. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. What am I having for breakfast tomorrow? Yeah, like I, I kind of zoned out on this, and I, I even rewatched it this morning. And I think I still found myself just like when it came on, I just got on Twitter. Um. I I I think minor takeaways from the bits and pieces, the small fragments I remember. Um, I don't think Cummings did much. In the first, um, he kind of picked it up towards like the second and the third, but Paseras was just kind of landing more. I didn't even think it was a split decision, but then again, I was halfway watching. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have a lot of input in this fight. I, I kind of this one kind of lost me. Um, I, I have something. Um, I, I am M- Michelle Paseras is like five six, so Zach Cummings is like. Six foot tall. Um, I'm really happy that Brazeras is bringing the muscly Brazilian lightweight game up to 170, where you just throw the same three strikes, but you've been fighting for so long and you're so fast that it just kind of works. He only knows how to throw three strikes. The overhand right, the left hook, and, you know, the power leg kick slash body kick. Because he's not tall enough to throw head kicks. Because, <laughs> again, he's 5'6". It was kind of crazy that, like, as short as he was, he was kind of able to get in and get out with his strikes. And you, you would think that Cummings would have been able to control the distance a bit more. But... Nah. Yeah, the little, little tank dude is—he's—he is very athletic. Dude, I, I, I'll give him that. He, he... Cummings is a decent ass welterweight, right? Like he took right. Ponzinibbio and Gunnar Nelson. Like he gave him tough ass fights. He beat Alexander Yakovlev, who beat like Paul Daly. Like he's a good fighter. And then Brazeras to look like he's like, like Brazeras throws him up. Which is crazy. Brazeras is small. Well, not small. He's jacked as fuck, but... He's got, like, the Alex Jones body. 
<laughs> Just like, oh, like a, a 40 year old six pack. <laughs> oh, man. Sarah's, <laughs> you know, he, he, he did what he had to do, man. He bought the little man game up to welterweight, and hey, man, they, they got him a W. So Can you imagine, I, like, Who's the tallest? Can you imagine Neil Sear? Uh, not Neil Sear, Neil Magny versus Michelle Vazeres. <laughs> hey man, make it happen! Uh, like Magny literally has to get on his knees just so he's able, like, able to freaking throw punches at him. <laughs> oh man! By the way, Is it- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight nine. This was his ninth win in the UFC. Prezeris? Yes, he's nine and two. Jesus Christ! I didn't know he's. That's crazy. I don't even like. I I remember him. He's like one of those guys who like I remember him, but I don't remember him. Dude beat Des Green. He beat Josh Berkman, Gilbert Burns, uh, at Merbeck Tysimov. Yeah, that's solid competition. Yeah. Yeah. Fear the short man. Like y'all stop ducking. He's out there. He's coming. He's forty. He's forty years old and five six, but he's coming. <laughs> Little arms about to take that strap. Give him a give him a top fifteen. He's ready. I mean, why not? <laughs> oh man. Give him Gunner. <laughs> give him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Why is it with Gunner somehow I can always see him lose? Because Gunner has obvious flaws <laughs> that he doesn't care about because he like he, he wants to fight cool. Oh god. Gunner. Gunner Gunner Gunner. But shout out to Bazaar's man. T Rex arms and fast hands. Forty year old Yeah. They get they get they get they get it done. It's, it doesn't matter. It's not what you have, it's how you use it. Yeah. So you know. Shout out shout out to him. Um this next fight, man. Uh, the, the replacement that you mentioned earlier, uh, Brandon Moreno um, versus Alexandre Pantoja. Um, question, this... question. Was the KGB Lee fight better than this fight? Because that's the fight that got fight of the night. KGB got fight of the yep. night? Nah. Nah. And I, I like KGB. And it, I mean, it, it was a good performance. Oof, nah, I, I can't. I guess I always try to be fair. I guess it would depend on what you appreciate in a fight. Because if you're if you're a bloods and if you're a blood and guts kind of person, the Pantoja fight is it is definitely the way to go. I guess if you appreciate grappling, <laughs> you go KGB. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah Pantoja. Um, he put some hands and paws um, all over Moreno. Um, Pretty much the entire fight, like the dude's nose was just completely busted open, face just bleeding everywhere, just looked like a horror movie. Um, Moreno, man, like as exciting as he is to watch, he he's just, I think he's just one of those guys where like it's he's just kind of a wild man, which is fun to watch when it works, but. <laughs> when it doesn't work, you you get this. 
where like you're just kind of this wild guy and you fight somebody who's a bit more contained but still like very dangerous and they can kind of just evade all of the flashiness and anything wild you might throw at them and they can just kind of in, in very effective fashion just kind of bash your face in like <laughs> Moreno's throwing looping shots uh, Pantoja's throwing you know much cleaner combinations landing way more effectively he, he, just, he put he just, it was a clinic that's just what this fight was like I mean props to Moreno for lasting three rounds and he was getting beat up like pretty bad but yeah man Pantoja looked really really good man like it, it, it was it, it was a slacking, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Just, Pantoja was just a lot cleaner, a lot crisper, just a, a lot more effective in what he was doing. And yeah, he, he, he pieced Moreno up, man. I'm, I'm a big Moreno fan. This this was, it was a hard pill to swallow, man. He, my homie just got, just, yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> my man's my man's caught the work. <laughs> he, he he got he caught hands, man. It was, ugh, it, it was rough. This was really really rough. But Pantoja, man, I, that was a great performance, man. That was, that was a a paddling if I've ever seen one. Uh, freak. Um, pen, like so. What the Pettis fight in this fight kind of just shows, which we I think we all knew all along was that like Moreno does not have a solid fundamental box kickboxing game. Like, imagine Anthony Pettis if Anthony Pettis didn't grow up doing TKD. Like that, that's kind of where I see Moreno. Like he he doesn't have. Like the the fights with Smoker and the fight with um Dustin Ortiz. Uh well like if he didn't have the cra- like if he didn't have the crazy athletic advantage that he had over Smoker that most of the flyweights seemed to have over Smoker and he didn't and like Dustin Ortiz wasn't this like neurotic aggressive dude who is aggressive to the point of self sabotage. Like Moreno's offense doesn't get a chance to shine. You feel like, yeah, you know, like like he gets beat by a pared down like kickboxer. Like Pantoja and Pettis did not do anything. Um, I want to say I want to say like unique or um, exceptional. Like they they fought well in they fought uh, well managed kickboxing matches. And they were able to beat Moreno because one, neither one of them is a worse athlete, like a, a significantly worse athlete than Moreno. And two, like fundamentally, they just beat him to the punch every single time because Moreno is literally just leaping power shots and that weird, like, I'm going to step off to my left and throw, like, it's a bad check hook that he likes to throw that. He got caught with like four or five times. Like he got caught in the counter four or five times by Pantoja. Um, that's for Pantoja. Like this is the most. Um, 
this is the best he's this is the best he's performance his career so far. Um, he looked composed. He like, dude, did not put any like extra uh, effort. Not effort. Uh, he he didn't put himself out there to be uh, to get caught like Dustin Ortiz did. Uh, he he just fought within himself. Uh, simple counters to moves that just had like big ass gaps in there. Like he, I'm assuming his coach and team studied the tape because he was just out there ca- countering Moreno's like high kicks with like simple jabs that would throw Moreno way off balance. He dropped. Did he drop him at one point, or was it like he rocked him and Moreno just like I think he, it, I'm out. I think he. I think he rocked him. I'm pretty sure he rocked him at one point. Yeah, like. Yeah, he had him seriously hurt. Like uh, I'm pretty sure Morel's nose is broken. Like, um, just complete domination. Uh, like I guess the only critique I have is like been to, like towards the end of the third round, like it seemed like he was slowing down a bit. I mean, Moreno was trying to turn it into a brawl, and I think he he got him to exchange a couple of times. Yeah. Um, like and. That, and even then, that's like okay. It, it didn't affect the fight at all because Moreno was basically on one leg because Pinto Jack kicked the shit out of the other one. Yeah. So you know, uh, huge performance from Pantoja. Hope this gets him like a good top ten opponent. That's not Dustin Ortiz because uh, like Dustin Ortiz is the last dude you want to have if you're trying to get somebody over because. He, he, this division's so full. Like, they're not dudes who can pop in this division. Uh, so like, they're not gonna make that sort of pay for the fact that like he puts his head over his feet, or I mean, in front of his feet when he's like looping for throwing looping punches or going for takedowns and stuff like that. Um, but they're, uh, uh, I don't know who they give him next. Maybe Moraga. I like that. I like a Moraga or um. Where's Formiga? I feel like he's always in the mix. I, I don't think they for I don't think they're gonna match up any of these Brazilian dudes for some reason. Like and there are so many of them too. Like it's Formiga, uh Wilson Hayes, Mateus Nicolau, Pantoja, Davison Figueredo, like there are quite a few of them and like there's a, quite a few that are just like kind of hanging out in the regional scene right now. For whatever reason the UFC's just not signing. Um because right, they hate flyweight. And they regret making it every day. <laughs> but it is what it is. I like I like the Moraga fight though. I like that. I think that's somebody who could give him like that's somebody who would push him. Yeah. And I feel like Moraga still fights like he has something to prove. So yeah, I, I like that and, fight. But um I know, as I say, he's gonna fucking stand and bang. Yeah. So we'll we'll win, we'll get violence out of it. And Pantoja would get tested, and it would still be a good fight for Moraga also if he could, you know, if he could get that W. Um, Moreno, I hope your nose is all right. Um, <laughs> I hope hope you're doing okay, cause my man, it was it was it was looking bad in there, looking real bad. But um, <laughs> Pantoja got got the W, uh, in very dominant fashion. Uh, so shout outs to him. Um, it's wild. The next two fights we're going to cover were a total of like a minute and 10 seconds. Um, Poliana Botelho and Siri Kondo. Um, 
Botelho uh, won this fight like she had to go home and cut the oven off like she forgot. Um, she just came out mad aggressive. Um, <laughs> I think she she threw like a leg kick and then she threw a body kick to the liver. Uh, Kondo definitely felt that and she started to back up and she turtled up. Uh, got blasted with some punches on the ground and that was it. Like it was a, a 33 second wipeout. Not a, a ton to analyze other than Botelho is a beast. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, the, the, just a 33-second wipeout. That's, that, that's just what this was. So they mentioned this on the broadcast, but, like, she didn't start, I was going to say fighting, but, like, I want to say, I wanna say they, they said it, like, she had no sports experience until, yeah, until like, 24. Until she was 24 years old. <laughs> So in like 2013, she was just like, I guess she just went to the gym to go like lose some weight or whatever, and decided, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna make this a life, I'm gonna make this my life now. So yeah, that's that's always cool because you get those stories a lot. Um, yeah, no, like complete and utter destruction by Botello. That body kick landed with every part of the shin, right to Kondo's uh gut um like just another uh, another person to keep an eye out on at, uh, at 115 um joey would know better because he's been keeping up with this but i think it's like the first straw weight stoppage we've had in a while right probably yeah i feel like a lot of this normally goes to decision yeah um I know we had one in the co-main event, but this is before. I know we covered we covered these backwards. Um, the the Dern one doesn't count because she was a flyweight. Um, she was almost at the flyweight limit. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm gonna just go back to a couple cards. Like the Casey Waterson fight was a decision. Uh, yeah, no, this is the first one in a minute. Um, so, like, shouts to her, like, that's a way to separate yourself from the pack. I've never thought Kondo's, like, a high, uh, like, her ceiling was ever going to be, like, a title contender, but she's a solid, solid fighter. She's, like, she's a crush kickboxing champion. Like, she, she, she is an experienced kickboxer, um, who's fought on, like, who's fought other experienced kickboxers. So to go out there and knock her out in 30 seconds is a very good accomplishment. Um, yeah, no, like you said, there's not a lot of analyze. Like, props to her. Dude, she is tall as crap. Is she really 5'8"? Because that, that's, that's me on a good day. <laughs> Dude, that's tall for women's strawweight. Like, it's the same division where like Andrade and Torres fight, and they're like, Torres is like five feet on like a like being generous. Mm. Yeah, so definitely somebody to, to to keep an eye on. No, like most women's bantamweights are not even five eight. I mean, I would say if she's, <clears throat> I uh, who did she fight before this? Um, she fought uh, Pro Gonzalez. Pro. I mean, you keep getting wins like this, man. You might, 
might shoot up there pretty fast, or at least get your name in the mix pretty fast. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to her next fight if she, she's out here catching bodies like this. Um, so shout outs to Botelho, really just an impressive, quick wipeout. <laughs> um, keeping the theme of wipeouts, his next one only went 39 seconds. Uh, Gabriel <laughs> Benitez <clears throat> and Humberto Bendene. Um, I'm in pain. <laughs> this entire fight <laughs> was Benitez coming forward. Uh, didn't he drop him with a... Uh, like a left hook uppercut yeah, deal? Yeah, I think it was like an uppercut. <laughs> he dropped him like almost like as soon as the fight started. Humberto goes for an armbar. And as we found out the theme of this card, uh, the way to defend armbars is to slam people on their heads. Um, and like Humberto looked like he had it sunk in at one point. Or it looked like it was going to turn into something. And Benitez went straight hawk mode. He lifted him up and literally just like slammed him on his dome. And <laughs> he he was definitely stunned from the slam. Ate some ground and pound. And that's, that's a wrap. Um, yeah, that was a really hard slam. Why, quick question. Why was Benitez fighting Bondanai after he beat Jason Knight? Because the UFC... <laughs> there are just certain people the UFC I think refuse to either promote or like what's what's the word I'm looking for match properly yeah like and it's weird because he, he was a tough guy and like I feel like normally the guy like I mean your your purpose of tough is to find like that next you know talent that next person who can make a splash in the, in the sport and you have a guy who's you know getting some solid wins and especially like you said over Jason Knight who was another guy who was kind of on the rise and you know up, up until that now he I don't know where he's at nowadays but yeah you, you would think <laughs> his step he would get like another step up but I mean he got a highlight so I, I guess it turned out okay yeah um, but my God, I'm like I said, I'm sad. Um, my my countryman, Humberto <laughs> Bandanai, uh, almost made the best of a bad situation where he got dropped <laughs> and knocked up an armbar, but did not work out the way he hoped, or I hoped for that matter. Um, yeah, like there's nothing to analyze there. Benitez just went. Hog wild early, beat the crap out of Bondanai, and then dropped him on his head, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, and like his head bounced off the mat. Yeah, like, I'm curious if Bondanai knew he was in the air, like before, like it happened. Like, oh, I'm gonna get this armbar no matter what. Or if he was just like you. Know, or he just didn't realize it because it was just so freaking fast. I think life happened fast. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was it. I, I legitimately thought Bond and I was about to win, and, and then like, nope. Would have been a nice comeback. Would have would have been a nice comeback, a quick comeback too. Bond and I has been you know. in like the octagon for a combined like 30 seconds or wait like 
because his first fight was what? For, uh, so he's been in the like he's been in the UFC for two fights now, and I think he has a combined like time in the cage of about like a minute and twenty seconds, if that. <laughs> Octagon experience. <laughs> Martin Bravo got but, uh, knocked out for nothing. Shout out to Benitez, man. That was um savage. Yeah, that was that was savagery to the first degree. Um, all right, so this is the portion of the card. These are the prelims and fight pass. This is where my memory is gonna fail me. Um, actually, no, I'll I'll let you handle this fight because I know you had this one penciled in. This this fight probably determined whether or not we were gonna have a podcast. Yep. Today. Uh, Enrique Barzola took on whoa uh, Brandon Davis Um, if I'm not wrong Brandon Davis isn't Brandon Davis one of what's his name is training partners Jason Knight Uh, they're both from Mississippi I think I wouldn't doubt I feel like they they have the same mentality when they fight Um, so Barzola proceeded to ragdoll Davis for like three rounds. Um, at, at first, Davis was doing a very good job of uh, creating space. Well, not creating space, but like scrambling back up to his feet. But Barzola just refused to let go of his waist, kept dragging him back down to the ground. Eventually, moved to just like straight up picking him up and throwing him to the ground so he could get him in half guards so he can keep him on the ground. Um. Got his back a couple times. I don't think he got particularly close to like finishing him. But just did a really good job controlling him, uh, beating him up in spots. Um, uh, just completely taking like the air of Davis Tyrus. Cause like I think Davis just came to brawl. Like he he's not he's not a very mobile, dude. Uh, he's like a really solid base though, but um. Like, it was Barzola just picking when he would engage and then immediately closing distance when he got the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, he proves to, like, 5-1, and one, and then he called out to beat Magomedov. Magomed Sharapov, I mean, for Russia, which he'd probably lose, but at least he'd get a opponent with a name with name value. Actually, I didn't, see, I didn't watch the post-fight. I didn't even know that was a call Yeah. Though. Hey, man. I Somebody's got to fight him. Yeah. I mean, I mean props on him because, you know, a lot of people apparently don't want that smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so, he should be 6-0 and in the freaking UFC, but he's 5-1 and one because somebody wanted to give Kyle Bochniak a win. <laughs> I'm so sour about that. Oh, man. But, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't really have much to add other than, yeah, he just, just kind of ragdolled him. I, I think, I, I just had this random thought while this fight was going, because Brandon Davis was uh, from the Contender Series, right? Uh, yes. I want to say. I want to say. Yeah. say so, yeah. It's, no, I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing him, but guys like this sometimes I worry about, like, they're fun, they can bring it, but... Like, there becomes a point where it's like, that's only going to get you, but so far. Well, that, especially that's, like, it's, it's, that's the Dana White system, where, like, that. this is why Dana White, who's uh, the, looking for a fight, hasn't turned out prospects like we wanted. 
because Dana always goes for dudes like Brandon Davis. <laughs> like, who A, have some type of marketability like Sage, who B, like, get an impressive win in, like, comeback fashion or in, like, a tough fight. Like, he's not a talent scout. He's a fan. He, he looks for dudes like Chris Lieben, you know? Yeah, and it... And... It's not like I feel like you you can be one of those guys that's you know you're you're fun and you you bring the fight forward, but that only that's only gonna take you but so far unless you have like something else to complement that like you know Sean O'Malley's kind of like he he's bringing fights, but Sean O'Malley also has like incredible poise for somebody like his age like he has other things that are X factors that can make you go like all right he's he'll be he he could be more than just a fun fighter maybe if he can put everything together. right but but with davis it's just kind of like he had he right, had I'll a bring... fun fight on a uh, on a bad week of dana white's contender series and was able to parlay that into a ufc contract yeah and i mean who knows like maybe his next you know they really bring him back maybe his, the next fight goes his way but i, I don't know I, I i don't know outside of just being a fun fighter and then I'll, I don't know how long that'll last because you fight a guy like Enrique who seems to have more of an overall skill set and your kind of fun fighting gets neutralized <laughs> and it kind of just doesn't matter anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I worry about guys like like Davis, like when they, they bring them in and they're just, they're just a fun fighter. Like there, there needs to be something else in your game or you... You know, we'll bring you in for a couple of fights, and you might be right back out of the door. I but mean, I, I, for Davis, like he might be able to parlay that into like a fight in ACB, a fight in fight nights. Like that—that's the value for him. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's not a bad thing. Like he—he's a guy like that. At, at at the least, you'll be able to get fights just based on your style. There's all there's always a market for blood, so. I mean, as long as you can string together some wins at some point, there's a market and a place for you pretty much in any organization. But, like, the thing is, like, Davis isn't having fights in the UFC. Like, he lost, like, his, like, his fight with Steven Peterson was fun, but, like, the Botchniak fight wasn't fun. Like, at all. Yeah, well... Well, well, we'll see what happens with with him. But Barzola, yeah, he he went in there, he he held it down. Um, hey man, I say if he wants to beat, give him to beat. Apparently nobody wants to fight to beat, and if you got somebody out there who's willing to to throw it on the line, I I say give it to him, make it happen. Um, this next fight I did not watch at all, so I can't comment. Um, Frankie Sons versus Henry Briones. Uh, Frankie Sons won a unanimous decision, but I didn't watch this fight. This was the only fight I did not watch. Yeah, uh, it was a Frankie Sands. It was a Frankie Sands science fight. Um, awkward overhand rights open up the body shots. Body shot. Awkward body shots open uh, open up the awkward overhand rights. Um, he uses that to you know shoot for takedowns. When the takedowns start uh, start getting defended, he shoots for takedowns to open up the dirty boxing in the clinch. Um, just basically, I worked Briones like Briones. Briones is a very limited style 
that works like he he, he gives like guys like Cody Garbrandt and like Douglas De La Silva uh, Douglas Andrade De, uh, Douglas De Andrade like tough fights um and he gave signs a kind of tough fight but signs won every round so it's just hard uh just hard work for signs like not nothing to write home about Shout out to Tim, I guess. Solid win, even though I didn't see it. Um, this last fight, I wish I remember this more in detail. I only watched it once. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Um, but Claudio Puelas and Felipe Silva. Um, I just remember in this fight, <laughs> on more than one occasion, uh, Puelas looked like he was about to be out of there. Um he he was he was on the brunt of a lot of punishment going on. Um, <laughs> there were multiple times where it looked like he was about to get sent home, and I, I almost feel like for Felipe should have saw this coming because I want to say in the first round Claudio went for a knee bar, but Felipe ended up getting out of it, um, and then uh, Felipe kind of <laughs> pounds Claudio's face in for pretty much a the majority of this fight and then you know claudio being you know take taking advantage of a split second opportunity goes for a knee bar manages to sink it in and pulls off a, a pretty crazy comeback after he was getting pummeled for like 98 percent of this fight yeah players is not a good striker like at all because <laughs> Uh, like and, and yeah, Silva is like way more experienced. Like he's an actual kickboxer, but like Poyas is like he he his punching mechanics are off because like his strikes like a lot of his strikes carried like no type of power. Uh, he was like stark straight up in the air a lot of the time. Like yeah, he had to resort to running away a couple times. I want to say like turning back and just splitting because like he just couldn't get away from Silva. Um. And, and Silva, 98% of this fight for a smart-ass fight. Um, you know, didn't follow place to the ground if when he didn't have to. Uh, was lighting him up, up on the feet, uh, like at range, just like marching him down and landing like a two- or three-piece combination. He dropped him a couple times. Was it a couple times or did he just rock him really hard? I want to say he dropped him. I could be wrong. My memory's kind of fuzzy on this. Yeah, one. I think he dropped him at least once. Um, there was a there was one time where he caught him with like a left hook as like Plays was ducking and like Plays just decides to go to his ass because he's just like tired of getting like his butt kicked. But Silva hangs out with Plays just a little too long on the ground and gets caught in a knee bar. So the fight game is a fickle mistress. Yep, <laughs> it's one of those moments, man. Life. You can tell he 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 is just full of just like bitterness today, because it's like <laughs> that didn't have to happen like that. It didn't. But <laughs> hey, man, all you need is one opportunity. If you can, you know, guess good on good on Claudio just for having still having his wits about him after getting punished for that long and still, you know. Being aware aware enough to to go for the knee bar and then sink it in, um, but yeah, Felipe, that's that's got to be 
I know when he woke up this morning, he he was pretty angry. That's ugh. But shout out to Claudio, man. Crazy comeback. So good on him. Um, I mean, overall, I, I would say that this card, and that was the last uh, the last fight. Uh, overall, this this card was solid. Um, it was a bit long, <laughs> but I feel like we say that every every week, unless it's a Fox card because they only give us uh, the the four fights, which I love. But um, you know, we we saw some some prospects make some waves, which is always good. Um, you know, Usman makes a, another another step up the ladder. Um, some solid debuts. A couple of pretty good finishes. So I mean, overall, it, it was a pretty solid card. Not anything too crazy, but um, I would say other than the Perseres fight and Cummings, which I kind of just tuned in and out of, um, it, it was a pretty solid night overall. So I, I can't complain too much other than I just went to sleep really late and, you know, only got four hours of sleep. But, you know, that's, that's another story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was UFC Fight Night 129 uh, in Chile. So pretty, um, pretty solid event. Uh, definitely guys if you didn't get a chance go back and, and check out some of these performances definitely a lot of the finishes we mentioned because a lot of them were really brutal um and beautiful to watch so uh give those a watch um and actually before we get into parting shots and shout outs we have questions what i didn't tell you we have questions yeah we have questions a couple of them actually are they all um, from so uh no no they're spread out a little oh, okay. bit we got we got You've got two from Stokes, and I got uh, two from Twitter. So give me a quick second. Let me pull up uh, Stokes' questions. Do, 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 do. All right. So uh, shout out to Stokes. He is our uh, other resident roommate uh, of the podcast who pops in here and there. <laughs> um, Stokes' first question. Uh, is what are the chances uh, Kamaru Usman, Tatiana Suarez, and Dominic Reyes all fight for a title within the next two years? Uh, pretty high, considering, especially for um, Reyes's case, that that division is basically empty. Um, Suarez, between all three, like Suarez. Um, Probably it's the toughest road ahead of her, just because like she's really inexperienced. Um, Usman, he's right there. He's what, eight fights in a row, nine fights in a row, something like that. I mean, like they would have to match him up with somebody um, really poor for him for him not to get a title shot. Like maybe, maybe like Wonder Boy wins and they match him up with like Wonder Boy, just so they don't have to give him a title shot. Which would yeah. I'll, Which I'll, would be dickish, but <laughs> yeah, I, I would say out of these three, uh, like you said, the easiest—not not the easiest, but the, yeah—the person who has the, the clearest road ahead is definitely Reyes. Um, Two hundred five is a lot of a lot of old men. Um, you, you got some power hitters in there, but I, I think Reyes can 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 hold his own um, and and find his way to a title shot if he wins, depending on who's champ. You know, it's an another question. But as far as just making it to a title shot, I, I can definitely see him within the next two years. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be up there. He'll be knocking on that door. Um, Suarez, man, 115, I don't think he gets enough credit. There's a lot of talent at 115. Yeah. 
So as good as Suarez is, her her road is is not the easiest. Um, there are just a lot of people in like that top five that can probably just stump the brakes on you. <laughs> you know, you might have a full head of steam, and then you meet somebody like Andrade. And they might just send you back down the ladder. Um, so I, I won't say she'll get a title shot within the next two years. But I'll say she'll she'll get her name like in the mix somewhere. Like she'll, she, she might pop up in conversation. But I'm not sure she'll actually get a title shot. Um, Usman, like you said, he, he's right there. My, my one thing with Usman, and this will kind of tie into a, another question that uh, I think somebody asked on Twitter. Uh, based on his performances, I feel like the UFC is not going to be happy <laughs> with giving him a title shot. I could definitely see them kind of dicking him out of one or just kind of giving him... They'll, they'll try to throw him in there, I guess, with somebody they don't think he can beat at all and try to see if they can knock him out of the picture, especially if he doesn't start like producing knockouts because um, I don't think they want... I almost feel like they'll look at him like they look at Woodley. <laughs> and uh, I don't think they want any repeats of that. But um, he is right there, though. So I would say within the next two years, even though I, I think they'll try, to, they'll, they'll, they'll try to throw a wrench at him, I think he'll he'll make his way through. Well, and, whether he, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, whether whether he wins it or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Fights like this with the Maya fight kind of, I don't say worry me, but like when you fight the elite, I just I need to see another something, and I I I don't know if I've seen enough, so I don't know if he'll win it, but he'll he'll probably be within a title shot within the next two. I think his his skill set can can get him there, but I'm I'm not sure if he wins it. Uh yeah, um, I was just gonna say like the, one of the other things he's going for him is like the all the old people in the division are almost all gone, like. Robbie Lawler, like his knee injury is probably going to keep him out for a minute, and he's probably not getting another title shot because I don't think anybody wants to see him fight like Wonderboy or Woodley. No. Um, Woodley probably, like I, I don't know what the deal is with his injury or whatever, but like, there's no way he's going to be like in um, like two years from now, like he's probably not going to be champion. Like I'm, I'm not. Banking now, anything other than he's going to be 38 in two years. And, you know, he's starting to have injury problems. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, so his main competition for a title shot is going to be Wonderboy, who has two god-awful fights with Tyron Woodley. Um, well, let's just say god-awful performances. It's Tyron Woodley. Um, Till, who I think the USC wants to get a title shot, but yeah, they matched him up with Wonder Boy. Um, so he might, he, there's a serious chance he takes the L. And Kobe Covington and RDA, who are about to, like, one of them's about to send the other one home. So, <laughs> so chan- chances are there. Yeah. He has, a, he has a pretty high. He, he he can make it. Right. I'm just not sure if he climbs the mountain, but he'll he'll definitely put himself in position. Uh, and Stokes, the second question, uh, and this is not MMA related. Uh, what's more impressive, 
LeBron coming back down from 3-1 or LeBron taking this 2018 Cavs team to the championship? Mm. I'm going to say 3-1. I'm, I'm going to say 3-1 um, too. Because that's just not supposed to happen. And against like that Golden State team that year that went 70, I forgot, 73 or whatever and whatever, like that just wasn't supposed to happen. Um, and the only reason I can't go with taking this team to the championship is I think <laughs> the team that he took against my Spurs when he first came in the league, that was more impressive because that team was trash. That team was all trash. <laughs> How they made it to the finals, even though they got swept, was, yeah, that that team was trash. This team has talent. They just don't play well <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm going 3-1. Um, so... Thank you. Uh, shout out to Stokes as always, uh, getting us the, the, the Tumblr questions. Um, and then we got two questions from Twitter. Uh, so shout outs to um, at Inward Look. Um, his question <laughs> is. <laughs> what? <laughs> his question is. Oh, hold up. Well, the UFC. Uh, Ever target the MMA scene in Africa? Um, uh, depends if and how long Francis Ngannou win, uh, wins the heavyweight title. I guess. Like, if you uh, interesting note, um, like those EFC cars that they do in South Africa, mm. they're like, they're like. And I hate I, I hate the phrase like this. Like most of the dudes on their cards are white. And I don't know why that is. <laughs> like, no, like legitimate. Like, I'm not sure if he, if it's because like MMA in Africa is like a wealth thing. I, like, I know there. Don't get me wrong. There are like some really good like you know black uh, fighters on their cards, and it's gotten better over time. But like when, back when EFC was like first coming up, and like their cards were free, so I was able to watch them. Instead of paying like twenty five dollars or whatever the fuck it is to like stream it now, like, d- like dude, the, all those dudes they had were like, oh, I'm from Greece, but I work in like a bank in, you know, Johannesburg or whatever. All right. Or you, know, but like, I don't know if the UFC is gonna ever market for Africa. Um, they might run a show in Africa. Try to draw on that like Muhammad Ali, you know, type audience deal. Um, like, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, it all depends on the talent. If Francis Agano wins the title and he ends up like defending it two or three times, I could definitely see them just being like, yeah, we're going to go do a show in Africa. Uh, uh. I, I gotta say no. <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy. This I I, 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 I don't think they will. And I, I feel like even if Ngannou wins, like I don't know, they might do a show over there once or twice, try to do like a quick money grab. But I I don't I, I say no because I don't see them making like a real effort, like. 
like literally taking the time to maybe try to find like the best of the best from that region and try to bring them over and maybe develop a star out of a few it's just it's just because I don't really know what <laughs> as, as much as we talk about like Bellator not bringing in talent like the UFC brings in talent but like I don't know if they know what to do with them like <laughs> Like like how we were talking about Benitez, like you got somebody who could, you know, maybe tap the Mexican market a bit, but we're just kind of just relegating him to to um Chilean undercards. Yeah, yeah he, he's stashed away on an undercard where nobody's gonna see him. And I mean, not to say like I, I get it, like Benitez didn't have the hype of like a, a Yair, but I mean, you you would think still that this is a guy who you had on tough your purpose of tough at least I, w- I would think is you're trying to find like that next guy that next good talent you know maybe try to push him a little bit like I-, I feel like they they don't push enough with the talent they have now so i have no reason to believe that they're going to search any other area of the globe albeit if it's africa or any any other continent i, I don't see a reason to believe that they're really going to make an effort to to push somebody <laughs> you know for from any other reason to to the forefront i just i don't yeah, see it uh, and um, like if they do if they do do a show in africa it's, it's going to be like it's not going to be like a money grab it's going to be like a moment grab you know like they yeah. they want to create that moment with that they can play on their like high uh, like on their i don't know like international business deals like um like highlight reel or whatever where like oh we did this thing with x fighter um and you know it was like this big event where like a hundred thousand people showed up to come see like this dude from uh, this dude from like cameroon who was a uh who worked in a sand pit like as a sh- shovel and to like you know because i i think that's why we we're seeing them go to like russia and we're seeing them break into mainland china because they got they, I don't want to say they fooled somebody, but they might have fooled somebody like a like a money marker of some type, to like, hey, we can do this for you, you know. So yeah. it, it it would be laced with that type of cynicism, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I hope I'm wrong because you know obviously the, the more talent you bring in, the better. It's better for the sport, and I mean it's always cool to just see other people who haven't been getting any kind of shine or spotlight, you know, let them get a chance to to showcase their talents. But like we we might see them sprinkling a few here and there, but I don't see like a real concerted effort to to push to, you know, Africa's MMA scene to the forefront. But I, I like to hope I'm wrong, but um I'm gonna have to say I I don't think they'll really be targeting and, it. And um, again, real quick, um Dude, like the 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 scene in for other combat sports in Africa for that are outside of like you know South Africa are not great. Like, there's a reason a lot of these um, African dudes who are winning world titles they come here to do that because that's where the money is. Like, I forget their names, but um, this is the dude who beat Eddie Chambers. Uh. Basically, he fought in a gymnasium after he beat Eddie Chambers for the title. 
against another highly ranked like African dude. Uh, look, fine. Uh, uh, Theobasu, um, uh, Theobas, uh, Theobisu, Theobisu, um, Mchunu. Uh, he fought and lost to um, uh, Elunga Makabu, and they fought in, like a convention center in Durban. That's South Africa. Um, I think it's it's like yeah, it's not a big place. It's it's it, the hall sits like sixteen hundred people. And I think that's where they fought. Um, so like the the TV deals are a little bit different there. Like everything's different. So you know. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll see, but I won't be holding. Uh, get, get, get my I won't be holding my breath either, but. And uh, last question we got uh, from Fight Stance JC. Um, I think we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, he said, uh, "Will the UFC hold Kamaru back due to entertainment value?" Um, I, I guess I, I kind of mentioned this uh, earlier uh, with So's question. I, I could definitely see that happening. Like, obviously, he has a huge upside, and. I I think we I think we just expect more of him, and I feel like rightfully so because it's not like we're trying to be like extra hard on him. But I think we see his talent, and we know, well, at least we think we know, like what he's really capable of. And I don't think he's shown us, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like full power yet. Um, and I just I, I like I said I think the UFC if if he turns out performances like this against Maya. I mean, albeit like they're solid performances, but they're not really wowing anybody. That they'll look at him like a Tyron Woodley. Like I feel like they hate <laughs> like they hate No, they Woodley. definitely hate Woodley. Uh, <laughs> they want Woodley out of there. <laughs> they want Woodley out of there. And I think they're looking I'm not gonna say they, I don't think they hate Usman. Not they, I don't think he's at that level yet, but like I, I could definitely see them like you're not finishing fights. You're not gonna be like a big name seller, so maybe you deserve a title shot. But we're gonna give you. Um, we're we're gonna have you turn around on four weeks to fight for the title. Right, right. And then like once he finally gets that loss, they'll <laughs> that'll be their excuse to kind of shove him back down the ladder. And I'm gonna say like we won't hear from him ever again, but. He's going to need another yeah, eight wins I, to... Right. <laughs> they'll hold him off for a while. They'll they'll hold him off in, until somebody else exciting can... Or who, who they deem, I guess, exciting to get the belt. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see them um, pulling something like that on him. Um, I mean, it, it sucks, but I, I feel like at this point, we, we've been watching this sport for this long, especially the UFC in particular. We... We kind of get a taste for how they do business, so it, it wouldn't be a surprise if they hold him back. Or I could see a situation where if, let's say he gets a title shot and he somehow wins, that he's probably not going to get a lot of push as a champion. A whole lot of undercard pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah. He won't be, uh, he'll be, he'll be co-maining cards and he's not going to be getting a lot of commercials. <laughs> We're not going to see his face out there. Like I said, unless he starts knocking dudes out, you know, in, in pretty, like, devastating fashion, he'll either win the belt and not get a lot of push, or, you know, when he gets that first, when he, when he finally gets that loss, 
So they'll they'll we'll, we'll kind of push him to the side, and they'll they'll try to bring somebody else up there to like take his spot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, god damn, I have completely lost my train of thought, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this two hours ago, but I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> you on the finishing lap, that was the last question. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, the, uh, the one, the Usman's one saving grace might be that nobody in the welterweight division is really that, all that consistently entertaining. Uh, like, Condit's gone, Waller's old, RDA is not a finisher at welterweight, but he's probably the most exciting of, like, the whole group they have at the top there. Because it's like, Wonderboy, who's can be good, but not always good, because, you know, it, it depends on the matchup. Um... Freaking, we 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 just saw like Colby Covington like at his best, and it didn't look like a fight between two top ten fighters. Like, uh, they, we already know they hate Tyron Woodley with like a passion. Um, who who else is in that conversation of like top of the division? Like, the most exciting person at the top of this division is Ponzinibbio. He also might be like talent wise on the lower end of that. Um like Darren Till, like like I said, like I, I can see the potential for Darren Till boring fights and I guess we'll learn for sure um Saturday, uh, next Sunday when he fights Wonder Boy. Which is my birthday, by the yeah. way. Going Fel- Feliz cumpleaños. Uh no problem and like yeah like there are not a lot of there are not a lot of action fighters at the top of this division man so that that might save Usman but they they seem to have marked him out like specifically like they did Woodley so basically I feel like at this point Usman's worst enemy is himself like (laughs) If you, if you can go out there and finish the next guy, maybe you turn some of this around. Uh, That's all not, it takes sometimes, man. Just just yeah. one, like he gets Ponzinibbio, he just like somehow finishes him in the third round, like on ground and pound. Maybe a lot of this goes away. Yeah, just just four, dude. Just go go knock somebody's head off, and so some of this might go away. But um. We'll see. Either way, uh, he'll 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 be at the top. He'll keep his name in the conversation, but we'll see how they treat him, um, depending on how his his fights go, one way or the other. But um, thank you guys for the questions. Definitely appreciate it. Um, and for the rest of you guys who didn't send in questions, you can hit us up at Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com and send questions. Or I've been trying to get into the habit of posting maybe like an hour, thirty minutes or so when we're going to record. Uh, normally, like on Tumblr. Uh, yeah, I just saw that. Or on yeah, Tumblr or Twitter. Uh, I'll post when we're going to record. You guys can just dot questions under the uh, the post that I make. Uh, or, I mean, you don't have to wait. You can just send them anytime. and I can just save them for the show. Um, but either way, thank you guys for answering questions. Definitely appreciate it. Um, we always appreciate any kind of fan interaction. And I figure if we answer your question, 
you should hint to the hint. You should share this episode with a friend. You know, get 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 the numbers up. Grow the grow the fan base. Greatly appreciate we're, it. We're trying to but, replace um, the MMA hour. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Helwani, man, making moves over there, going to ESPN. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Hawaii is going to ESPN. He's going to be on ESPN TV and like podcast, and he's going to have a show with Chael Sonnen on ESPN Plus called uh, Was it Ariel and the Fighter or whatever. Ariel and the, Ariel bad, and the guy. bad guy, yeah. And oh it's going to be like a thirty-minute weekly show, and I don't know why anybody would want to listen to that. Hmm. I, I'm just happy that like it's. As much as I don't like to hear chair long commentary or really talk much in general for more than like a minute at a time, um, I'm just glad it's Ariel and Chell and not like Ariel and Stephen A. Smith or Ariel and Brandon <laughs> Child. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like at, at least you got you know you you got Chell who's you know he'll he'll be your shock personality quote unquote. But, like, in general, at least you got two guys who, in general, know what they're talking about, albeit their conversation styles are completely different. But at least, like, they're knowledgeable about the sport. We, we don't have to hear, you know, Stephen A. Uh, and well, Skip's not there anymore, but he's talking about, like, Nate Diaz, sumo wrestling, and all kinds of wildness. But, um, <laughs> that was Ariel, man. He's, he's, he's a, I hope that's a nice check. Yeah, I imagine it has to be. I'm pretty sure it's got to be pretty good. I mean, it's probably not Bill Simmons getting like three million dollars a year, but it's something. It's something. So, um, shout outs to to those uh, gentlemen. But um, that's pretty much it for the show. But as always, before we leave, uh, parting shots and shout outs. Uh, so, uh, well, I already gave my shot in the middle of the show to that creepy cameraman. God, I don't even know his name, but you know who you are. Um, but I got two shout-outs uh, I will give. Uh, shout-outs to Nikita Krylov, who, <laughs> since leaving the UFC, uh, is 4-0. Uh, he recently put the pause on Fabio Maldonado this weekend at Fight Nights Global. He is now their light heavyweight champ. Um, yeah, it's still wild that the UFC just kind of let him walk. He was another young guy who... You know, not saying he would have been like a won a title, but he he, he was he was a youthful talent who, who you know obviously had an upside. Who if in the UFC, I'm pretty sure would have still been around making a name for himself. But you know, either way, outside of the UFC, he's you know he's he looks like he's doing pretty good for himself, and he gave Maldonado the business. So shout outs to him, and um, shout outs to Masakatsu uh, Ueda. Uh, who fought at Pancreas. I don't know what day this was. Sometime this weekend. Uh, it's Pancreas 296. Pancreas. Uh, yep. Sorry. <laughs> I already said that wrong. <laughs> I, I think your pancreas is an organ. Yeah. <laughs> he um he retired after his fight. Um, I think he won the fight. I did not, because I didn't watch it. I just kind of saw a headline. Um, but he won the fight, and he presumed to retire. Um, he ends his... Uh, career with a 26, uh, six and two record. Uh, notable wins over guys like uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, Jens Pulver, Romina Sato. Um, I want to say I think he has a win over Eduardo Dantes too. Um, so shout outs to him. Uh, 
pretty solid career. Never was in the UFC, but was just, you know, one of those guys outside of the UFC who was really good, managed to, you know, stick around in the sport for a fairly long time. Um, and I want to say one of the few fighters who leaves this sport, I think, on a win streak. I feel like a lot of guys, when they retire, they get their chins knocked off. So he, he left in as graceful as a fashion you could hope for in this sport because it's not always kind uh, to those uh, who decide to leave, a la Vitor Belfort, even though he'll probably be back in like six months. But um, shout-outs to him. So those are uh, my parting shots and shout-outs. Um, crap, I had one. Uh, yeah, Shout-out to Anderson Pack. Uh, dropped probably my favorite song of the year so far. Oh, yeah, that bubbling. Fucking amazing. Uh, I did not expect that track to, like, slap that Dude, what was that? What was the song you did with K? Uh, glow up, glow up. For K, uh, K Tron's album, or K, I can't remember how to pronounce the dude's. K, K Tron's album, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh shit, he's back to rapping. I'm like, goddamn. <laughs> if, 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 again, if my enthusiasm isn't showing through, it's because I am very tired. Um. <laughs> so you know, shouts to him. Um. Because you know, uh, probably my I think he's my favorite musician doing things today. Like honestly, so shouts to him. Um, this is okay. So in my never-ending quest to get out of my comfort zone with my music. Oh boy. Uh, well, I say that it's still hip hop, but uh, well, to get out of my familiar zone with music, I guess. Um. I've been scouring every freaking uh, vice and weird hip hop blog there is to find like new like women rappers to listen to, uh, and yeah, there 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 have been a few. Um, my favorite name so far was uh the chick who calls herself Jungle Pussy. <laughs> I've heard of her. She was on one of the blog sites I go on. I, I never listened to any of her songs, though. But I, I've seen that name pop up a few times. Uh, she all right. She all right. Uh, but my favorite was this chick named Lizzo. So far. Um, so, who, you know, just really positive music. She's pretty damn talented. She can sing and rap. Um, and not in that, like, Cardi B, we're going to have you sing on a song way. Like she can actually sing. Um, it, she, she's just really good, and like I, I enjoyed like the few songs of hers I heard. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, shit, it's been a minute. This is why we should be doing this at freaking in the morning. Cause I, <laughs> My brain is just fried from all the stuff that I haven't done today. Speaking of female rappers, have you ever listened to El Camille? El Cam- yes, Heirloom. Fucking fantastic. Uh, what's the fact? Actually, I think you were the, you were the one who told yes. me about it, actually. I think I was. Uh, I loved Heirloom. Lo- what was this first song called again? Because that, that was the first song I heard from her. It was the first song on the album. Um, Black yeah, that's gold. it. But uh, this Lizzo check, Truth Hurts, Good as Hell, 
good as hell. Like you need a song to pick you up in the morning. That song, I'm gonna listen to it when this is over. Myself <laughs> up, get me ready for the rest of my day. Like it is in twelve o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, there are actually on the low, and this would be a whole other conversation. There are a lot of good female rappers. Oh, I've seen her before. Who, Lizzo? I never. Yeah, now that I'm looking at her, I've seen her face before. Cause I watched. Um, I didn't see Truth Hurts though. I don't remember what song of her. It might have been Fitness. I've seen this face before. Like somebody told me about her. Yeah, she she but, she gets around. She's like she's doing TV and stuff. She was on um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, she did. She was a musical guest on like the David Letterman late night show. Like she she she's getting around. Like she hasn't dropped an album in like three years, but. There are a lot of um, and obviously don't this be a whole nother conversation. But I'm throwing it out there anyway. There are a lot of like, um, talented like women musicians, rappers, singers, that are going like unnoticed. I mean, we mentioned what you got: Il Camille, Rhapsody. Um, um, I don't know if you know Tank and the Bangers. Yes, That's, I saw. Uh, yeah, you got. I saw the um. I saw yeah, them. The... In, I saw them live. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw them live. Um. Probably like four or five months ago. Really good. Really, really, um, really, really awesome. That actually that's the only concert I've, I've ever been to. Um, but they they were really good. Um, got like No Name Gypsy. Even though she had, I don't think she's put out anything as of late. Um, Samus. There are a lot of good, just like, women artists in general. Uh, what's her name? Ciroc. Yeah, Ciroc. You got SZA out here. Like even the people I don't listen to, like they're they're really out here. Like. I feel like within the last two years, it's like a lot of quality material. Because we always hear like there are no good female rappers or like they're only like the same two. But like that's that's not true at all. There are plenty of them out here. Gifted Gab. Um, Just a young MA who within like a month of both things, like she held like a, um, a Mother's Day thing, like a Mother's Day breakfast for moms whose sons have been or kids who have been killed in like gun, by gun violence. And she also de- uh, directed her own porno for um, for Pornhub. <laughs> right. So she she's out here. Right, killing it. <laughs> so don't let people tell you there aren't any like you know any talented women out here in the, in the music industry or entertainment industry. They're definitely out here. They're making waves if you're looking. Yeah, they're definitely making waves. Shout out to Sai Smith um, and Rose Gold. Got to shout out to hometown. Oh, wait, there was one group. I don't think they make music anymore. But they call themselves the Rich White Ladies. <laughs> of course, neither one of them is white. But... Oh, God. Uh, like... Uh, like... The, like, their hits, like, their big song was, like, No Bad Vibes in Wimbledon. Okay, I see Wimbledon. <laughs> oh my god, that's a brilliant freaking. If you're gonna have a gimmick in hip hop, make like that, that's a brilliant one to have. <laughs> so yeah, man. Shout out to all the ladies out here, man. Really, really killing it in all areas of entertainment. Like really out here killing it. Um, but yeah, we're coming up about two hours and thirty minutes, and I want to go see Deadpool. So um. I'm going to use my $4 T-Mobile ticket 
and go and make that happen. Uh, but as always, before we get out of here, uh, this podcast can be listened to on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, give us some more five stars. We haven't gotten any reviews in a while, but I do appreciate the ones we have. But, you know, we can always get more. So, hint to the hint. If you're one of the people who sent in a question and we answered, you can do us that return favor, maybe. Give us a, a nice little rating on iTunes. Um, also, listen to us on Google Play. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And you can send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Um, I'm going to try to have an album review out this week. Um, I might do a birthday episode and bestow my soon-to-be 29-year-old knowledge um, <laughs> that I have. Or maybe I don't have, but I'm going to make it seem like I have it. I'm pondering doing a birthday episode, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, anytime people are being kicked and or punched in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And hopefully we catch you guys soon.